Hi there, and welcome to the Leaving Today podcast, the podcast that discusses the Disneyland Resort and the Disney IP in an enthusiastic, informative, and often humorous way. Show notes for this episode and every episode can be found on leaventodaypodcast.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, please subscribe and leave a comment. Until then, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and hello. Welcome to the Leaving Today podcast, episode number 72, if you guys can believe it. 72? I, I know, I cannot believe it. Say so what? I know. My name is Mark. I'm one of the co-hosts here. Sitting to the left of me is the game changer herself, Jess. Hello. Sitting to the right of me is the trail king and the trail master of puppets himself, <laughs> Udi. I PR'd eight segments. I'm far from doing better, but yeah. Hello, good evening, good afternoon. Benvenidos, all that good stuff. Yes. It is currently 3.02 Disneyland time with a sultry 81 degrees. Um, yeah, perfect for fall. Yeah, right? Gross. <laughs> uh, today, uh, so we are in the fourth quarter of 2018. The park is in full holiday swing, I think, for the for the um, uh, Halloween stuff. Halloween decorations. Crowds are at a record fever pitch right now. No way. No way. Yes. How long do you think the wait for Pirates is right now? Can um, we talk about that on a Sunday? We can. I don't know. Degrees? I can't verify that. Um, but today we have the news, and I think 101, maybe 101. She might be. She might be, but she will still do her committed. We are going to have a 101. I just got it. Uh, but uh, but the main topic is today we are going to be speaking with author of a, a fantastic book called Eat Like Walt, Marcy Carriker Smothers. Um, she's going to be joining us to talk about some really good food in the in the park. Yay! Um, and currently, what? Ha- Close that. You're not allowed to look. Oh, okay. But yes, currently. So we're going to do things. Thirty minutes. Thirty minute wait. Thir- for fires thir- Thirty minutes. So we're going to do things a little bit differently, out of sorts. We're going to get to Marcy first. And then we're going to do the news and all that good stuff. Um, okay. And now for our feature presentation. Hey, LTP listeners, we want to welcome to the show a very special guest. Um, this is a celebrated author of the book Eat Like Walt. It is Marcy Carriker Smothers. Hey, Marcy, welcome to the show. So happy to be with you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for happy taking here. Yeah, yeah, for thank you, for taking time out of your day to, to uh, join us. Um, so I love books, um, <laughs> and I love I love Disneyland. And this book is such a fantastic book. Um, it really is a labor of love. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's super fantastic. It's beautiful. 
Thank you. That when I hear people say it's a labor of love, and you can tell, I it makes me almost want to cry because <laughs> people are recognizing that that is what it was yeah. and yeah. is for me. So thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and and. and Honestly, thank you for putting it together yeah. uh, because one of the things we love about Disneyland, I mean, we talk about themes and designs mm-hmm. and, and you know, uh, decisions that the park makes, good or bad, but we also love food. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think that the whole food thing is, you know, I couldn't have known when I started it. I mean, essentially, I wanted to write a book about the food of Disneyland and my agent said, what are you possibly do that's different than Instagram and Twitter and, you know, everything Mm -hmm. else, you know? So I thought, I wondered if Walt had intended for the food to be immersive and entertaining like the attractions. And that's how I set out writing Eat Like Walt, having no idea that there would be so many anecdotal, incredibly interesting, fascinating stories surrounding food. Mm -hmm. But mostly, like when you guys said we like food, we like to eat. You know, food we do every day. And I think this is the thing that makes Walt so accessible, for me anyway, is everyone eats and he was a human he was a simple human being despite his outrageous you know fascinating creativity and so yeah food binds us i think i love it oh it absolutely does um okay so uh before we talk about any of the food in disneyland and we have to make sure and this is a, a a rumor um Calories don't count inside Disneyland. Is that true or false? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a loaded question for me. Okay. Because I love to eat, and people will see on you know, like on my Insta, how do you eat so much and stay so fit? Well, I exercise a lot. So as a, for me, when I'm at Disneyland, um, there are a lot. I wrote, I, I wrote Eat Like Walt in these upcoming books I'm writing for Disney a lot at Disneyland, mm-hmm. even though I live in Northern California. Oh, yes. Because... Yeah, for my audience, with my audience, it's just that, you know, that spirit of Walt is imbued at that park mm-hmm. so deeply and only that park. So I like to write there. Agreed. But mostly you'll see me getting, you know, Bengal barbecue, veggie skewers, and maybe a chicken skewer, or I'll go up to the Hungry Bear Cafe, you know, which I still love, especially now that Walt's train goes the back of the Rivers of America. Yep. So if you sit on that top deck and you go in the very back, I have to believe that that would be where Walt Disney would sit mm-hmm. because you could see the Mark Twain, the Columbia, the Tom Sawyer's Island, the train, and, you know, it's just such a remarkable spot. But there I would get a hamburger with a lettuce wrap and no fries. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Okay, okay. I love that story. And, you know, I have to comment on that, Marcy, because yeah. the, we were there in July and we brought our digital recorder there and we recorded in various spots at the park. And one of the places that we picked on purpose was that exact, exact spot, spot yeah. that you're talking about. We went to the upper level of the Hungry Bear and we sat in the corner and we heard the sailing ship Columbia and we heard people going through on the Mark Twain and the train behind us. It was it's otherworldly, right? It was fabulous. I mean, you sat there and you could feel the energy of the parking in that area and just seeing everything was just phenomenal. I mean, I, I could have sat there for hours. I mean, it was it was great. We agree on that magic. Yeah. I sit there with my lap, too. And, I, you know, I, I it's interesting. This is complete side note, but talking about parks is that, you know, as much as they can hide Star Wars land, they do at Disneyland, Mm -hmm. as much as they can do. Although I'll tell you, uh, you know, everyone in my book, no exceptions, knew Walt Disney. Mm -hmm. No exceptions. No, my father said, or my aunt, or my brother, everyone. And one of, some of the people that I talk to this day are kind of surprised about how much you still see, but it's almost impossible, right, with the height um, to conceal it. But at Mm -hmm. Walt Disney World, where I was this summer, 
near Toy Story Land, there's no concealing it. It's just the construction's easy to see. Wow. And there's really not any major barricades from watching it go up, which I thought was interesting. Well, I mean, that's interesting discussion because I think that just goes to show you one of the differences between both of the parks is yeah. that you know here in Anaheim, if you move a if you move a bench on Main Street USA, people lose their <laughs> people lose their minds, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and in there and at at Walt Disney World, it's like, oh, sure, what's we'll it put? Let's we'll put something over there. <laughs> well, you know, it is a historical landmark, in my opinion. You know, oh, it's agreed. the only yeah. park you know where Walt set foot in. Mm-hmm. What I appreciated about the Walt Disney World way was why not watch it? It's exciting to see, especially if you're an annual. Passholder in mm-hmm. Orlando or the environs, how fun it is to, you know, to watch the construction and see the changes from time to time. So I'm not for or against any one way or the other. I just thought it was so interesting that it was approached very differently. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, and I think, it, like Mark has mentioned, that it, it is a big signifier on how the parks are held in, I think, a, le- a, a little different level of reverence overall. I mean, um, when we were there in July, I spent the, I was there past closing, and I walked up the um, the steps to the train station on Main Street, and I looked back, and I stood there, and I thought, in, in my mind, I'm like, Walt stood right here and looked down oh, no. and and you know and anytime i walk to that park at night especially i don't know why it's at night when everything's kind of closing down and everything's illuminated every time i walk through that park i literally walk through and go walt was right here and he walked here and he stood here and he walked through that gate and he did everything and yeah i mean i don't think you can you can't you know replicate that feeling and that's why i mean that park is so near and dear Yep. You, you said it beautifully. And it's you. interesting you say that about at night, you know, mm-hmm. Disneyland After Dark, of course, you know, Walt says that there's some different kind of magic. Mm-hmm. But I've had more people say to me that that's their favorite time oh, yeah. at the end of the night on Main Street USA when it's pretty quiet. And because, of course, Walt liked to go, you know, was there a lot overnight and really early in the morning. And I'm sure I don't know how late at night. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, actually, that's an interesting thing I should research how yeah. often he was there late at night i don't think my guess would be purely my guess not nearly as much as early in the morning because oh, yeah. he was such a family man and he would go home to his family almost every single night and eschew a lot of the hollywood and quarter fancy pants stuff that said <laughs> he did sleep overnight you know which I mean, oh my gosh i wanted to, the one time that i well been able to see walt's apartment a few times mm-hmm. but one time i had this idea when i knew i was going to be able to go in advance i wanted to have my pajamas underneath my clothes <laughs> and, like rip away clothes you know <laughs> and just like have my friends all pose because they're so careful with photos this was before i was you know writing for disney this was like 15 years ago mm-hmm. my big idea i'm like gonna rip off the clothes and lay on the bed and say sleepover yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that I'd, never happened oh <laughs> that, that, never is, will that happen would be epic that is great. How cool, though. Oh, How yeah. cool. Well, I mean, uh. yeah, I mean, that's one of the things to Walt's apartment. I know Jess, every time she leaves, she looks up at the apartment window and gives her, gets, gets a little salute. Oh, you guys, yeah. are, you guys are so my people. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you know, we are. And um, it's just like, I mean, we can we haven't got to the food part yet, but, but you know, we will. But, <laughs> but um, just in that in that that spot that we talked about recording on top of the Hungry Bear restaurant. Now I've been on there, been there at night in July, and even in March when I was there, and just walking on that new walkway back there when there's no one around, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know it was one of the nights that Fantasmic was was dark, and you could just hear everything, and you could hear like the you know the simulated crickets and the owls or and, and everything, and to me it's just so magical back there. 
at yeah. night. At night. You know, that's, I always wondered that about, you know, the second apartment that Walt was planning yeah. above Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. All those sounds that you're describing in New Orleans Square and mm-hmm. beyond, especially when it gets quiet and you can hear more, oh, yeah. would have had to have been because sensory delights are a huge part of the Disneyland experience, right? Huge, you know? Um, and so as much as the smell delights or the aroma delights are, if we're, you know, back back to the food analogy. But, yes, those are special things. And, you know, I, just, I appreciate so much that we're talking about those because those are the intangibles. That's the soul of Walt Disney still alive in that park mm-hmm. and that – how all these years later we can all be feeling that way is a testament to his vision and his ability and, and the people that carried on his vision, Roy, and everyone after him to make sure that we get to enjoy that. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think one of the I've said multiple, multiple times, if you've ever gone on the rivers of America, whether it be on the Mark Twain or the Columbia or on the canoe, which I've I haven't done in a while since I was a kid, and Mark and I were supposed to and we didn't get to it, but you think about that, and you're in a river in the middle of Anaheim, uh, a city, and then you completely don't even realize that at all. No. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the goal, of course, to forget. Now, did you know that the rivers of America and the Jungle Cruise River was one giant body of water back in the day? Yes, yeah. Mark yeah. I didn't so, know. you know, they changed it for New Orleans Square, but I love looking at those images. And I've heard a lot about from some of the people that work with Walt. Ron Dominguez is the one that told me this, and yeah. he has a window on Main Street USA. Mm-hmm. You know, just the filtration system and everything to keep that water pristine mm-hmm. and right. clean in and of itself was a, a job, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, to keep up to Walt's standard of what cleanliness was. And that would probably explain for all those reasons why fishing didn't last very long. Yeah, that's you true. Know, <laughs> you're bringing true. Your, your fish from ride to ride. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, um, Marcy, have you seen that, that picture from the uh, 50s when they actually had the Jungle Cruise boats in the uh, Rivers of America? No. The, in the Rivers of America? Yeah. I have not seen that. Yeah, they had them all docked out there because they were doing some maintenance on the Jungle Cruise. And oh. Yeah, you know, if I find that one, I'll forward it to you. I, I think I must have it because I saw it and I posted it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yes, you and did. And I said, some, what, what, what was wrong with this picture? And, and no one. Okay, well, we'll all become Insta buddies after this and then I'll be able to see all your cool stuff. There yes, you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go to food. Okay, so food. you are a passionate fan of Disneyland and you love food. I'm gathering this. Mm. <laughs> yes. So 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 at what point did you decide, hey, there needs to be a book about the food at Disneyland? Well, that's a really kind of a complicated question because it came in kind of chunks. I had done a book. I did a radio show. I've done a lot of radio. I did a radio show with Guy Fieri for almost three years. Oh. And yeah. And when and I got a book deal from that, which was crazy with HarperCollins. And so I wrote my first book, which was, it's a fun book called Snacks, Adventure, and Food, Aisle by Aisle. And it was based on a radio feature that I did with Guy for to promote our show. Actually, KFI was our flagship station, by the way, in Sacramento. Oh, well, was yeah. it really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yes, they were. Anyway, so I would say things like, what does your dog's toy in an artichoke have in common? Mm-hmm. Why should you take a restraining order out on your chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> became a book. And that's a good answer about the cookies and the artichokes. The cookie answer is because when Ruth um, Wakefield was working on her cookie recipe at Toll House, uh, the famous Toll House restaurant. Yeah. She was chopping up these chunks of chocolate, but she thought that they were going to melt and it was going to become a chocolate cookie. So, whoa, to her surprise, 
they did not melt. So that is sort that's the short version of how the Toll House cookie, chocolate chip cookie recipe came to be invented that we know and love today. But further, she had said in the back in the day recipes and in the Toll House cookbook, which I own in addition to way too many other cookbooks, mm-hmm. is that she would recommend keeping the cookie dough in the refrigerator 24 hours before baking. Now, of course, that's impossible. But the idea is true in baker alchemy is that because it makes the cookies spread more evenly and they brown better and all that by a, by giving it that 24-hour rest. Mm. So that was one of the stories. And then the other one was your dog's train and artichoke, a really fresh artichoke. When you squeeze it near your ear, it'll squeak. It'll go... <laughs> and yeah. if you don't hear that, then that artichoke is too dry. No aioli, no butter nothing's going to save it. So that was, Ooh. anyway, that, that's a long way to say that was my first book. And then I wanted to write a book about food again uh, at Disneyland. And then my agent said to me, what are you possibly going to do differently than bloggers are doing or what Instagram and Twitter and everyone's posting? And so I thought about that. It was a really good question because my initial idea really was not that different than that. Although, of course, you know, raise your hand if you think you know more about Disneyland than anybody else. Well, oh, yeah. you know, three quarters of your Disneyland and all of us are raising our hands. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, so I thought, so that's when I started thinking about what would be different. And I started wondering, you know, had Walt intended the food experience at Disneyland to be immersive and entertaining or as possibly as it could be at mid-century America when he was conceiving the park. And in this research and due diligence that I was doing for the proposal, I found a website called Scribed, which is a really, it's kind of like Pinterest for words. People Mm -hmm. upload things to it. Mostly bad poetry, but (laughs) I found this insert for the independent press telegraph where walt said welcome to the kingdom of good eating where the food is as fabulous as the fun like Frontierland and fantasy line fantasy land dining at disneyland is an adventure unto itself and i still get goosebumps when i say that then i knew i had a book and i just dove deeper and deeper and deeper got the book uh two disney editions and but after i actually got the contract that's when the magic was happening because that was a good idea, and I, I love that idea because that story had never been told before, the culinary history of Disneyland, and I'm really proud of that. But what above and beyond would be when I started researching and got access to the archives, and I'm here to tell you it's as exhilarating as you can imagine mm. when you get to sit there and you say what you want to see, and they bring it out in these big boxes, kind of like Christmas, so you don't know exactly what's in mm. each box. But, you know, maybe Walt touched this or this was, you know, affirma dating back to 1955. It's, it's re- remarkable. Photo archives, the art library at Imagineering. And then I started talking with the men that work with Walt, Tim Cora, Ron Dominguez, Tony Baxter, the Imagineer, of course, mm-hmm, behind Star mm-hmm. Tours. And he qualified because Walt came to his window when he was a scooper at Carnation Plaza Ant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had one of my, he has, I keep saying that, he has a, one of my favorite stories about how lunch led to one of the most iconic photos ever at Disneyland. So I, you know, I started talking with these people and it just felt more and more, Bob Gurr was telling me great stories, oh, yeah. more, yeah, more and more intimate because food in eating is intimate. And then the family, the Miller family, Diane Disney Miller had passed away just before I got the deal, but I knew her through, we're in Northern California, I have a vineyard, obviously the Disney family has Silverado, and they, you know, started talking with me and, and sharing stories that they'd never shared before, and giving me unprecedented access to the images at Walt Disney Family Museum, including mm-hmm. the refrigerator list that Walt wrote, yes. that had never been allowed to be published again of his favorite foods. And so then I, all of a sudden, I had this new chapter, Walt at home, right? So now I've gone outside Disneyland just through this remarkable research project. 
perfect. And same with the studio. When I'm sitting there in the archives and looking at these menus and realize, reading all this, the intricate, the person they hired, Victor, to run all these restaurants, I realized that Walt hadn't intended to become a restaurateur. But by 1940, when the Burbank studio opened, he was only 39 years old, right? And he had never, in all the previous iterations of studios, never had a commissary. He had multiple restaurants and just like we think of silicon valley google and facebook and pixar today he was subsidizing those meals so that his employees could get a great food at a fair cost so now i had a whole other chapter i hadn't envisioned when i thought it would just be the culinary history of disneyland it was walt at the studio so it became a much bigger and broader food book um, as time went on and it ended up being 50,000 words. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. It, it, it surprised even myself. And it took about two years uh, to write and to research. And I have a few, like, you know, it's in its third printing. It's sold out on Amazon again. I made the New York Times book review. Very so good. those are Congrats. things that yeah. New York Times book review is the craziest accomplishment for me in terms of personally because my grandparents never graduated high school hmm. and oh, they essentially raised me they never you know but they both read multiple books played scrabble all the time <laughs> and you know that really to be recognized by the new york times book review and new and noteworthy was is to me i said it, it just wow yeah. <laughs> wow yeah, food that, book, yeah. which, which they called strangely fascinating, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, awesome job on yeah, all that. Yeah, congrats on that. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've got like a series of questions here that um, I think you may have already answered a couple of them already, mm -hmm. but we're going to go through them anyway. Um, so before, let's start just before Disneyland. Um, so you had mentioned that he was a bit of a like, sort of like a visionary when it came to subsidizing food for his employees. So no other companies were doing that at the time? You know, I can't answer that. I only know that he did it, so mm -hmm. I don't know if other companies were. Uh, I do know a couple fun facts related to that. He also, because he was Walt Disney, had helped build St. Joseph's Hospital right across the street. In fact, the hospital that he passed away in. Oh. He allowed the employees of St. Joseph's, who didn't necessarily have the best food, hospital food, to come over to the studio as long as they had their hospital badge and eat there anytime they wanted. And that practice continued until well after Walt passed away. It was only until 9-11 and security concerns mm. that they stopped it. I also, so I don't know if Walt was the only one doing it. And one thing that I do know, thanks to my friend, uh, historian and animation historian, Mindy Johnson. She said that, and with the women, of course, the inkers and painters that she wrote her magnificent book mm -hmm. about, that at the time that Walt was employing 2 to 3% more women than the rest of America mm -hmm. in wow. the workforce. Yeah, so he was a visionary there, too. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so uh, during the research on this book, uh, was there, can you tell me maybe one or two very surprising things that you learned that, that you said, oh, my gosh, I didn't, I didn't know this. Oh, yeah, boy. There are a lot of those. There's so many. You know, I mean, I, I just would also say what comes to mind. Again, here I am writing a book about the culinary history of Disneyland when I'm starting out. And then anecdote after anecdote about food start presenting itself, including things like, you know, when I got into the archives, a story about Walt's. Um, Tommy, his secretary staying, that she'd have to keep he, remaking coffee because he would pour it and would get cold and she'd make a new pot pour it and mm -hmm. get cold. You know, mm -hmm. the whole coffee lore story, how much coffee figured into Disneyland and Walt insisting that it be 10 cents 
and it was only worth that. And coffee stayed 10 cents long after Walt was gone. Mm-hmm. Also, like one of the memos that were at a Disneyland memo where people were the most in the uproar was the coffee situation at the Chicken of the Sea Pirate Ship restaurant. Oh, yeah. And the words were, this is the most putrid cup of coffee. I mean, it was like all hands on deck, pun intended. We have got <laughs> to fix the coffee, coffee at this restaurant. Yeah. And what they discovered was is that they were using the same hose for Coke as they were for coffee. Oh. Everything, all the beverages were coming out of one hose system. Mm. So once they changed that, the coffee. So, you know, throughout the book, I think that the coffee, how important coffee was to Walt and how much it was written about was interesting to me. And also, I didn't know about the pancake races. Oh, like, yeah. are you kidding me? No. I'm writing a book about the food at Disneyland and they're hurling pancakes down Main Street. I know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I didn't know until I saw your book. I'm like, I mean, wait, I, what? I, 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 I <laughs> I say this with great affection and whimsy, but if I were the boss of Disneyland, I would bring those back. <gasps> right? How cool would that be? Oh, my gosh. That would be so great. Cool. Oh Just when you want to be competing, I mean, we'd both do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck, yeah. yes, we would. Yeah, sign me up Get right now. Get our saddle shoes and go on down. Yes. Like, how cool. Like, and just a throwback to, you know, the classics. How cool would that no, be? No, and we've discussed before that I think... Disney would be good to start bringing back some of the things that um, they opened with mm-hmm. and had through the 50s and in yeah, the 60s. More the, more of the date nights. Yeah, stuff, more but, of that kind but, of thing because I think it would help ground today's park goer with the real history and magic of the park, and that would be great. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. I think that there's more of a hankering for that than most people realize. I only know because people like you and you talk to people like me. Mm-hmm. You know, those <laughs> of us who are doing it. Sure. That we realize that people do crave crave oh, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, so. absolutely they do. Yeah, I think it gets lost in the shuffle. You know, Galaxy's Edge and everything else. I'm like, you know what? Let's let's clean some of that away and go back to the core. And I think it would. Everyone would be better off for it. Mm, I agree. Yep. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's do it. Okay, so um, so let's talk about Disneyland at the moment. Uh, so when it when it came time for okay, so let's say it's like late nineteen or sorry, early nineteen fifty five, and there, and he's planning out food, and we know from your book that uh, he used Swift and Carnation and things like that. Mm-hmm. But how much of an input um, did Walt Disney have in terms of? No, I want to have fried chicken here, and I want to have meatloaf here, and I want to have hamburgers here, and not hamburgers here, sort of thing. You know, that's a hard one, again, without the time machine to answer. Okay. However, because I was talking with people that, you know, operations guys that were in the park, Ron Dominguez, and particularly Jim Cora, who has become a really good friend of mine, and he started calling himself my intern. So oh, I geez. thought that was, like, so funny. It's like, <laughs> sincerely, and he's a Disney legend, obviously, yes, as, yes. As, yeah, as is Ron Dominguez. So he gave me the – and Marty Sklar – extremely helpful to me. In fact, I got to sit with Marty at the last D23 for the parks presentation. I sat right next with him. He died like five days later. Uh, But Uh, to answer your question, I think that a lot of it, like when, when Disneyland opened in 1955, all of Walt's feeding operations, as he called them, Walt's feeding operations were leased. He didn't have the bandwidth to run these restaurants. Mm-hmm. But when it came to the decor and, and, and the food, he, he and his people were very involved. The degree to which Walt was is hard to determine through some of the memos. But, for instance, with any time that you want to change anything, even an, an umbrella, like I do have some of those images of the John Hench designs mm-hmm. for umbrellas for a cart in Tomorrowland. 
you couldn't just bring a cart into Disneyland. It had to be approved by Richard Irvine and John Hench. I mean, it had this exhaustive pro- project. And when it came to the food, there were a lot of exclusives. So, for instance, Puff and Bakery could make Parker Rolls, but they couldn't make hamburger buns. I mean, so they were <laughs> Yeah, they were trying to spread the love, right, throughout the park of what type, so, which makes sense. Now, Card Walker told Jim Cora, um, and Jim Cora heard this, told me himself firsthand, that it was always going to be hot dog and hamburger land and fantasy land. Hmm. That parents were on the go, and it was never going to be a sit-down restaurant. It took a long time to get, you know, what we would call a sit-down, counter-service, sit-down restaurant now to this day. So I think those influences for sure. I think it's interesting that both Coca-Cola and Pepsi had a big presence in the days of early days of Disneyland, right? So Coca-Cola Corner and then Pepsi was the corporate sponsor for the Golden Horseshoe. Oh my gosh. And yeah, yeah there, there was very it was very clear where Coke could be and and couldn't be and where Pepsi could be and mm-hmm. couldn't be. But I had a lot of fun answering the question that, you know, in my inquiring mind, what did Walt like better? Pepsi or Coke. Mm-hmm. And so when I read the memo, which is in the actual words or in the book, they let me keep them in. What is to be stocked in the apartment at Disneyland when Walt Disney is there? It was Coca Cola. And also, yeah. And also, when I asked his family, now I knew that when I was sitting down with his granddaughters, Tam and Jenny and Ron Miller, his son in law. And I asked the question that any radio host would ask. I thought they must have been asked this a million times. I'm apologizing up front for asking the same lame question. And I said, what did you see when you opened Walt Disney's refrigerator at home? (laughs) And they said, no one's ever asked. Oh, really? And then they go, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, what? This is gold. (laughs) Well, we saw like leftover chicken from uh, Knott's Berry Farm and right. (laughs) No, no, no. That would see now there would be a great, you see, you led me into a great answer. Yeah, Knott's Berry Farm had the great fried chicken, and that was a joke. You know, go to Knott's for food for Disneyland for the rides. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But that would be why the uh, Swifts. Chicken Plantation, which was in New Orleans Square, roughly where you know the, where the Cafe Creole now is, a Cafe, a cafe Orleans is now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that had to make way for New Orleans Square. That was fried chicken, and that was the answer. Fried chicken was very important to the park when the Plaza Inn was uh, remade, redone with John Hinton Walt designing it personally in 1965 after Swift's contract ended. You know, there was a lot of talk about fried chicken, and it's interesting to this day. Of course, what do we enjoy? At the Plaza Inn is their fried chicken, which I think is quite, quite, mm. quite good. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, it is pretty good. Yeah, fried chicken. Oh my gosh, that was like the best. That was the highlight when I worked there. When we had a cast party, I got mm. to actually go to Plaza Inn, get my fried chicken with my mashed potatoes and green beans, and yeah. sit <laughs> on stage in costume and eat. And it was like the coolest thing in the world was to be able to do that. Maybe. Yeah, don't you think that's kind of one of the other really fun places, like during the fireworks, if you mm-hmm. could snag one of those tables in that front atrium yes, and be eating your fried chicken and biscuit and, oh, the mashed potatoes with the gravy and the little bits in the gravy and those green beans. I, I, I still, I'm, I mm. still remark, I think that's good food. Oh, it's I, so good. What? I love that yeah. food. Like, oh gosh. You got to go there for a cast party? So, well, because the way cast party, cast member parties work for like holidays for mm. Christmas, you, there's two parties. Yeah. Half the cast works one night. Okay. And then that, oh. the other cast goes and rides because somebody's got to operate the attraction. Sure. And sell food and whatnot. And then the next night for the party, it's switched and it's the opposite. So, yeah. But you got to that night, I, my cast member party, I got, I was working, but it was in transition from guests leaving and 
cast members coming in with their families. And so we got to ride Space Mountain with the lights on twice oh. in costume, Ooh. which was cool. So Wow. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Anyways, but back to food. Oh yes, uh, back to food. All right. Um, so in the in the in the book, you you mentioned the phrase uh, thematic f- feeding, and how, <laughs> yeah. So how um, how and why was this instrumental in the development of the park? Well, I think the thematic feeding was more evident in the '60s mm-hmm. when they were able to do start designing restaurants like the blue by you, you know, Mm. which is not probably not the first themed restaurant in America, but among them. I only say that from what I know is like Clifton's cafeteria. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, You know, it had that tiki theme and it had the big, you know, so it had, and it was actually called a theme park of a restaurant or a theme restaurant, even back in the day in the twenties. So, but I would say the thematic feeding became, you know, clear once they start being able to do something. And I guess to me, the blue Bayou is the perfect example of a restaurant that is totally immersive and it would be, you know, the very first one at Disneyland. And, you know, you think back in the day, so when Walt dedicated, New Orleans Square, which he lived to dedicate Mm -hmm. in 1966, the Blue Bayou restaurant was ready to go. But he did not allow it to open and serve guests because the Pirates of the Caribbean ride was not. And he said it wouldn't be a good show Mm -hmm. without the boats Mm -hmm. floating by. So he never lived to actually eat dinner at Pirates at the Blue Bayou overlooking the Pirates, sadly, because of that. But that was the first themed restaurant, obviously, in Disneyland, and if not America. And I think it's so interesting now because we're all so used to, I mean, now you can order your food with apps at Disneyland. So that's like really 21st century. (laughs) But when the Blue Bayou opened, you people ran to the restaurant. To put yeah. their name on the list for a reservation. Yeah, that was the only way you could do it. Yeah, in fact, as a child, I remember my mom running over there for for either that one or the Golden Horseshoe um, review. You, right. We, we, yeah. we could put our name in for the afternoon show with mm-hmm. Wally Bogue and whatnot. Um, yeah. So the gosh, the times are changing. <laughs> but you know, I do like that idea that Walt closed or, or kept it closed until Pirates of the Caribbean was was operating. But now. When, when Pirates is down, they still let you go in the Blue Bayou, right? Yeah, but I would say, I would probably think the Pirates is such a, it was hardly ever down. You know, I mean, it's oh, a... It's true. Yeah. yeah Super it, high capacity, easy ride. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really down. And like when they did their refurb the last time, I mean, the show is still technically on. Like with that portion, they can keep it on. So lights are off and sounds Cricket. are going. Yeah, yeah crickets exactly. and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, now, one of the restaurants that always kind of puzzles me, um, I guess for like its layout, is, is what was the Plaza Pavilion. Now it's the Jolly Holiday Bakery. Um, now, and, and I don't recall it having two sides and, and everything. Can you talk about how that kitchen was laid out and, and why they haven't utilized this better? Well, I mean, I can't answer why they haven't utilized utilized it better. I what it, what I know in the past, it was in diff, it was a lot of things. The Pavilion was always a seasonal restaurant. It wasn't open all the time in the fifties and sixties. It was okay. open for the holidays in the summertime, and it did have two sides. You could you could walk in on the Main Street USA side, and then you could walk out on the Adventureland side and eat along the um, Jungle Cruise River and eat back there. And they had a series of lessees that did not work out. And so by 1965, even though every restaurant in 1955 at Disneyland had lessees, by 1965, Walt had taken back 
most of the restaurants and was running himself with his staff with the staff at mm -hmm. Disneyland yeah. and the pavilion was no exception but there was this brief interlude when Walt said you know after he took it back from another company there's too many companies too that's too long of a story probably to go into but his <laughs> friend Joyce Hall had said suggested to him that he use Vern Stouffer to run what was gonna what was then the pavilion and was gonna be the Tahitian Terrace and Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room when it was intended to be a restaurant. Mm -hmm. All of them sharing the kitchen that you're talking about. The way I came to know that all about the Stouffer story came from the archivist Kevin Kern. And I mean, I can't say enough about the Walt Disney archives. I've become good friends with Kevin Kern and he went above and beyond the call of duty for me because when you say to the archives in your wish list, I'd I want to see everything to do with food, every recipe, every menu in this era. There's just not that much stuff, right? They weren't sure. saving it then. Mm -hmm. But Walt came across, I mean, Walt, excuse me, um, Kevin came across a memo that Walt signed that was about food and he was so excited and he sent it to me he said you never see this I've never seen this <laughs> and that was the letter when he was explaining to his friend Joyce Hall that the arrangement with Stouffer's wasn't going to work out Stouffer's had a lot of restaurants not just frozen food at that time mid-century America but Walt had decided to end it and he called it a friendly divorce well mm -hmm. that prompted me to see who Joyce Hall was and I'll admit it I thought Joyce was a woman do my research, find out that Joyce Hall owned Hallmark. And he and Walt became friends during Three Little Pigs. And he actually made the greeting cards for Three Little Pigs. Hmm. Interestingly, they were not the first greeting card company, right? It was Gibson on Main Street USA when the park opened. But Walt and Joyce were very close. And so I bought this book called When You Care Enough, <laughs> essentially a Hallmark book, you know, all about Hallmark and, you know, vaguely disguised as you know, as fiction, I mean, nonfiction, excuse me. Uh, and so I started reading it. And in the book, there was a story that Joyce talks about that he says describes Walt Disney better than he ever could. And when I read that story, I was sobbing at my desk. And I included that story in the book, like Walt, because I felt it conveys how I felt, which is when Joyce Hall was on a trip back from London, he was on a flight to Angeles and there were three little girls on it and he turned to the girls particularly the oldest one and said do you have a good time in London and she said yeah I had a good time but I'd much rather have gone to Burbank and I was like <laughs> why do you want to go to Burbank and she said to meet Walt Disney of course and then wow. go to Disneyland oh, and geez. so yeah and so he <laughs> says to her do you think Walt Disney is a real person or someone more like Santa Claus and she answered both. Oh, oh great and, answer. And then a great answer. Yeah. So anyway, so back to back to the pavilion. It had many iterations. It was pavilion with one L, it was pavilion with two L's, had a, a series of people operating it. Walt gave a short amount of time to Vern Stouffer and Stouffer Company to run that restaurant, the Tahitian Terrace, and Walt Disney's Planet Tiki Room when it was gonna be a restaurant, ended that and took it all over. So now that same kitchen is there, Jolly Holiday now, which is the restaurant that stands today. Obviously, it does not allow you to go back from the um, Adventureland side. If anyone's done any super geeky research, I know that Kevin Kidney uh, has done a lot of it. The Stouffer's <laughs> mural that was in the restaurant sadly was destroyed, but that was very iconic. You can you can Google Stouffer's mural Disneyland and you'll see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And so now they had one restaurant, and I'm I'm intrigued about what's going to happen with the new space, Castaway, that is behind, or Hideaway, excuse me, mm -hmm. that is behind, well, this is a Planet Tiki Room, and that would have been in that space 
yeah. where Tahitian Terrace would have been before. Right. Actually, that actually is one of my questions. <laughs> Since we're on that, yeah. just real quick, what um, if Disney said, hey, Marcy, what kind of food do you want us to serve at the Tropical Hideaway? What, what would your answer be? I'd say, hey, I know. <laughs> Because I've seen the memo. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I would serve all the food that was intended to be at the Tiki Room, and uh, yeah. So and it's and I have some of those listed in the book. It's you know like um, sort of like a coconut shrimp type of thing and a mm-hmm. pineapple cake and yeah. some of the foods that would have been there. Some of the, you know fried rice. Some of it was Asian influenced. But I would do that as an homage. You know, to our point earlier in the conversation that we are all, those of us, are hankering for that callback to Disneyland in Walt's era. I think if it was known that these was what Walt had looked at the memo and approved for the foods to be there, it would be super cool. Oh, absolutely, right? Absolutely super yeah. cool. And Dole Whip everything, obviously. I mean, yeah, I'd, right. I'd go crazy with of the Dole Whip. The Dole Whip. <laughs> I mean, okay, and on that same thread, do you, do you think that it's kind of like high time that Disneyland has like another dinner show? <laughs> Again, I say with affection uh-huh. and whimsy that if I were the boss of Disneyland, yes. I mean, right? what, yeah, what I would have done, I love that space, and I only know what everyone else knows about what it's going to look look at. Mm-hmm. I only know what everyone else knows from D23, what the hideaway might or might not look like. Right. But before that happened, when it was still Oasis, Aladdin's Oasis, mm-hmm. I would have just loved to have the pop-up that, you know, to have the Tahitian Terrace pop-up every single night. Oh and so, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so you would have had the food. And again, we know exactly the food. Several recipes are in the book that we would have served and, you know, go back. And a lot of those, there's a whole Facebook community of the dancers from the Tahitian Terrace that still stay friends and communicate wow. with each other. Yeah. So you could, you know, we could get the original dancers back and their kids and grandkids and probably great grandkids performing. That would be fabulous. Oh, wow. But I think the space has changed now. Mm-hmm. One thing I'd like to say about the space that I think is really important, and I thank Tony Baxter for. Mm-hmm. giving me complete clarity on it. There was a tree in Walt's day called the, was affectionately called the Disney Dender, and it was the giant tree, and you could see it eat like Walt, that was near the stage and shaded mm-hmm. the dancers. Yes. And it was all man-made, and Walt loved it. In fact, Marty Sklar told me the story that the first time he looked at the tree with Joe Fowler, he said, it's too short. And Joe said, well, Walt, I just finished building it. He goes, well, then just, you know, it's not a real tree, Walt said. You know, <laughs> cut, he cut the trunk and add three feet, you know. Yeah. So that... <laughs> So, so that tree remained for a very long time. That had the imprint of Walt Disney. And sadly, in the 80s, it was torn down. Mm. Uh, it just makes me, I would have loved to have that have stayed. I mean, that would have been, can you imagine? I, I went back to Aladdin's Oasis like three times trying to figure out, well, that felt like a real tree. I'm like, this is real. Where is the Disney dendron? Mm-hmm. And then when I asked uh, Tony, he gave me the, the, the answer. Oh, man. She, Maybe they'll build a new one at the cat oh, at the hideaway. Yeah. You never know. That'd be a good homage. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, it would be. be great homage. Um, you know, um, if only they had that uh, Van Eaton gallery thing back then. Someone would have bought it, and we yeah. could still have it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could have bought it well, back. Yeah. You know, it's it's an interesting thing because Mike Van Eaton has been very very generous with me. I mean, this was two years ago when he was starting out, and this is way before the big Rolly sale that was unreal, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but but it I, I don't know what would have happened because for a while everything was sort of like backstage, right? They mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. Oscar, the famous chef, you know, sixty years at yeah. retired mm-hmm. longest tenured employee. Yeah. He you know he was saying that when it switched over, when Carnation no longer ran the restaurant and Disneyland started running the cafe, that all the tables and chairs and plates were backstage for cast members to buy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and he bought some. Wow. 
That's so cool. I would have, Interesting. So I, yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know the degree which some of this stuff was available to cast members, you know, hmm. that wouldn't, you know, I don't know how versus now the way we, it's a whole new world, right? 21st yeah. century. Yeah. Way world. to market. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. Can you cue the music, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so of all the restaurants that you research that is no longer there, which restaurant do you wish you would have eaten at? Of all the of all the restaurants that I wish I could have gone to would be Swift's Chicken Plantation. Yeah. I definitely would have loved to have tried their fried chicken and, you know, walked into the restaurants and experienced the two different facades. And then I would have liked to have been at Aunt Jemima's also, you mm-hmm. know, it really was Aunt Jemima's mm. in Frontierland. I think that would have been really fun. And mm. if I, you know, if I had some sort of magic machine, just to, to put myself into Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room when it was going to be a restaurant, oh, you know, yeah. that would be another really cool pop-up, wouldn't it? You know, oh, yeah. to be able oh, cool. yeah, to sit in there. Yeah, we've mentioned that a few times, how it was going to be there, and we're like, man, that would have been fantastic, I think. The problem is small capacity, because you can believe I've yeah. done the research. Yeah. I've actually, you know, because that's of the many things that best twists that are left that tell you that it was intended to be a restaurant. Mm-hmm. There's three, or mm-hmm. there was three. There Actually, there's only one left. So it used to be, to say, by in 2000, there were three left. One was that the restaurant chairs were still used as seating up until... 2002. I found that out because my friend Kyle Barnes, who's an Imagineer, mm-hmm. I was just saying it casually. I wish I could figure out when those restaurant chairs went away and the benches came in because I looked at every photo with the archivists, by the way, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what date was, did it switch over? And Kyle says, oh, I did that. That was 2002. Oh. Okay. Oh. So, yeah. So now we know that. And then, of course, the restroom was a requirement mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sit-down restaurants, sure. but now the restroom is going away in the remodel. And then mm-hmm. the third would be underneath the fountain, that at the Bird Fountain, mm-hmm. that was where the busing station was, where the plates and the silverware and everything was going to be kept. And you can still open and close those doors and look where the plates would have been stored. So yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's super cool. That'll be, but you know, with the remodel, oh man, I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, change that oh god i hope not i mean we have to we have to hold true to certain things and that would be great i don't touch that and please i'm gonna i'm gonna have my quiet like please don't touch that you know <laughs> I, I give a big out to uh, walt disney imaginary which which was wed before because you know much to my geeky delight and you know i i'm a i am the biggest geek of them all that's why <laughs> I'm, i write for my i'm writing for myself you know <laughs> yes essentially but i was invited three times to speak at Imagineering. but the last time was by bob weiss who's the president of Imagineering, mm-hmm. and he introduced me and they had all this eat like walt food it was spectacular oh my gosh. and you know but when i was talking with them i love the way he expressed it this is now marty is gone and he said we are walt disney's conscience and mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful I like thing. That. And I, and, I, and I know that they are because they're in charge of the parks and they do everything they can to keep Walt in Disneyland and the parks throughout the world. And I think they do an exemplary job. I really do. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That. Yeah. Uh, gosh, it's, yeah, now I'm thinking about restaurants that are gone and I can't help thinking about, and I bring this up often, is the uh, Big Thunder Ranch barbecue. Now, do, you, do, you, do you miss that, Marcy? Oh, yeah, no, very much so. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I think that, <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually... creatively procured a menu prior to its closing because I was so upset. Um, It was really one of my favorite modern day places to eat for sure. Again, I thought the food was really good, you know, the beans, the corn, the different barbecues and the coleslaw. I I am sorry to see it go. I understand progression. I know if somebody says to me one more time about, you know, Walt's of the park, so he's going to change. We all know that. I mean, you know, that's that's one-on-one and it is changing. And so that's, that's gone. But Mm -hmm. 
you never know. I mean, you know, this idea like for, you know, for pop-ups or, you know, when they do the retro days, you know, some of the food, maybe we'll see it appear again. I yeah, hope. Yeah, oh. I sure, I sure hope so. I love that place. Yeah, the idea of pop-ups, I think, is something that, that should be like, uh, what's the word I want to say, kind of flushed out because I think that would be great if you think about it. And it yeah, I think so too. And you know, the truth is, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the space. It's the idea that it was recreated, again, because that's the imagination in it. In England, they have these huge deals where one of them was Beauty and the Beast and one was Star Wars, and they take warehouses and they intricately recreate the moving settings. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. buy a ticket; it's like four hundred dollars American, and you have to be in costume and everyone because it's it's an immersion event. Oh, and they right. have all the food. Everything's themed to the food as well. I haven't done it, but my friend of mine that's a, a chef in England was telling me in London what it was all about it. So I think there's ways to do it without having to be at Disneyland considering the space. But, you know, that's why, okay, shameless self-promotion. I have like 35 recipes from Disneyland and Walt Disney's <laughs> and his home. And you can't eat like Walt. And that was my whole point of the book was among my points was that you can't eat like Walt, like put on the playlist or play, which I have Disneyland playlist, of Mm -hmm. course, right to that music, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, eat the food from, you know, the Tahitian Terrace and, you know, play, you know, eat the food from the Blue Bayou from any of those, any of the restaurants and that we have recipes for. Uh, Casa de Fritos, that would be another one. Yeah. Casa de Fritos. Yeah. I wish I could have eaten at Casa de Fritos. Yeah. And seen the, and seen the, actually seen the Frito kid. Oh, yeah. In real life. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, for me, I, I wanted to eat at Don DeFore's Silver Banjo Barbecue. Oh, see that one too. Oh, gosh. You're doing, you're doing well. That's a fun story. That, you know, the brothers that are still alive, um, Don, excuse me, Ron and Dave DeFore, Ron and Dave DeFore, mm-hmm. they do give talks at D23, so I've gone to them both and they're fantastic. And they're writing a book about growing up in Disneyland because they were like nine and 10 or something like that when their dad briefly had the lease there at the old Casa de Fritos next to the, where the Riverbell stands today. Mm-hmm. And they, they went back, this recipe for the barbecue sauce, his dad, Don, he's a famous TV star, he used to buy all the barbecue sauce at Love's Barbecue in the San Fernando Valley where I grew up. Oh yeah, yes. Going, yeah, they couldn't supply enough. Loves is like, dude, we, we can't we cannot give you <laughs> enough, you know, barbecue sauce. So he what Don did, really innovative, late sixties, is he sent it to the UCLA chemist lab and they broke down all the ingredients in Love's barbecue sauce. They can tell you what is in it but not the the amount. And so Mrs. DeFore worked in the home kitchen trying to recreate loves barbecue sauce and she did a really good job and that's what they use at the restaurant so fade out fade in i'm talking with the brothers the four brothers about this book and they said well somewhere we have mom's recipe so they went back and spent two weeks recreating their mom's recipe and then they gave it to me they never published it they don't use it in their talks they said we want you to have it we want dad's recipe and mom's recipe to be an eat like walt so people can revisit the silver banjo barbecue that is amazing it is it's good sauce too i mean you know all these sauces come on people that's what we did we used other like ketchup and those kind of things i don't i don't want to hear any complaints about the (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah um Let's see what else I have here. Cool. I know that's a great story. That, that is amazing stuff. Right now right I want there. barbecue. <laughs> I know, me too. And you know, I should say, like, I have several recipes on eatlikewalt.com, including the Tahitian Terraces pineapple Polynesian ribs. Mm-hmm. And that's a super easy sauce. I mean, really, it's like six or seven ingredients that you dump, you know, again, the ketchup and the soy sauce and the oranges. Yeah, really easy. But it does. 
you know, it gives you that sense. And I play my, of course, my Tahitian music, and I guess a little Moana, you know. For there you go. Oh, yeah, there I you like go. that. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it is a good. It does taste good, and it's and it's authentic to the era. And I feel like I am eating Kwan whenever I make them, and people go gaga. You know, they go crazy. Oh yeah. I might do that for dinner tonight. She just had me kind of reeled in with that. I like yeah. that. And, and an adult and an adult mint julep might be okay. Popular. Okay. Oh, that's right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> or as I called him, essentially, you know, Walt's Scotch mist that he was, you know, his drink. Yes. They're really, adult snow cones when you think about it. <laughs> snow cones. Ooh, adult yeah. snow cones. Yeah. Adult snow cones. Yeah, because it's a whole bunch of crushed ice and a little bit of scotch. Yeah. Hey now. Hey now. Yeah. Um. So so speaking of recipes, I I, I know you have a recipe for chili um, in the back of your book. Um. But is that the same chili that they serve uh, the Walsh chili at Car- our Carnation Cafe, or is it different? Well, there's there's two recipes. There's one recipe that is what I will call the official Parks recipe that is in the great Pam Braden, who writes all the great you know books, compilation books of recipes. Mm-hmm. That is the official one that's used in the Parks, okay. and you can find that at d23.com, uh, etc. But what I found in doing my research, and, and then there's an, a recipe that is in the archives okay. um, that, that is close to that recipe. But there's another recipe that I found in a cookbook called Kings of the Kingdom, um, and it's an obscure, older cookbook, and it's an entirely different recipe. And to me, we can't tell, because no one knows which predated, but I'm pretty sure this one was much older than the Parks version because it has suet you know, used in it, and also a lot of spice. And Walt really didn't care for spicy things. So um, I put both the recipes in the book. So if you want to eat like Walt, do the taste test. Make them both. Okay. You decide. But one of the recipes, and it's clearly outlined, it would be the same, very similar to the one that you have at Parks. Now, here's a super big fun fact. Okay. (laughs) If you like food at Disneyland, you just go to City Hall and you ask them for the recipe. Really? Really? Yep. Truth. Wait a minute. Do we have to say that Marcy sent us? You, well, you can, and their eyes will roll in the back of their head, and they'll have no <laughs> idea who I am. But no, I, actually, you know who told me that was Oscar himself, because I oh. was enjoying the fried pickles with oh. the, right with that dippy, spicy ranch. Yeah, and the I carnation, said, what's yeah. the recipe? And he said, oh, go to City Hall. So they don't have necessarily every recipe, but they have a lot. And it's interesting because they are scaled for restaurants. They are not home-cooked versions. Oh, so, boy. Uh, I was – maybe I'll put that up on my website. I was going to put the fried pickles in the book, but, of course, that was not a Walt Disney-era recipe. Yeah. But I have adapted that for the home cook, and, and people love, love, love that. So, yep, next time you try something, go and ask. But now they move the food so quickly. You know what I mean? They yeah. are innovative. I give the parks a lot of credit. And then you try to keep up with the secret food. Like I was just at um, the River Bell with – uh, Oscar, actually, last month. It's on my Insta. And I said, do you still have the secret uh, menu item, the tater tots with the barbecued brisket on top? Like, oh, oh no. That only lasted two months. I'm like, dang, once you see it, then you can't get to Disneyland fast enough to eat it. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow, that sounds amazing right yeah, now. Holy yeah, smokes. Yeah, so Marcy, what is your favorite secret menu item? Because I know there's a few out there. There's a lot, I think, but I will tell you, again, I just discovered this my last trip, and I cried a little tear Uh-oh. because there was up until a month ago or two months ago, I should say somewhere in that fried mozzarella sticks yes. with marinara sauce at the stage door. Yeah. No Bye-bye mozzarella sticks. Oh, it's gone. Uh, gone. They're gone. They're oh my gone. gosh. No. But I would say the best modern day food fun fact I can share with you is this. 
the Little Red Wagon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. off of Main Street, USA, which is an homage, of course, to the Red Wagon Inn, mm-hmm. the restaurant that stood next door from 1955 to 1965. Mm-hmm. You always see a super long line for that corn dog. Yeah. And I used to kind of like want to go up to everybody and say, you know, go to the stage door, get yourself a corn dog. The same way that you want to go to those people that are wrapped around Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room waiting for a dole up and say, hey, go inside. And it's probably a faster line, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Too. But you, but. Well, I'm right that I'm wrong about the corn dogs because oh. at the stage door, they fry everything in the same oil. Fish sticks, the aforementioned mozzarella, the chicken nuggets, the french fries, all in the same oil. Oh, what wow. you get at the Little Red Wagon is designated corn dog oil, thus a better corn dog. So good that the late Jonathan Gold that won the Pulitzer Prize for food writing for the LA Times deemed the corn dog at the Little Red Wagon the best corn dog he's ever had in his life. So well. I, I gotta say wait in line. I wait, I don't think there's yeah. an app yet for that. No, no, yeah, there's not. <laughs> I don't yeah, there is not. No. Yeah, my uh, daughter loves that particular corn dog and yep. she will wait there the whole time and uh yep, absolutely. Um Oh, let's see. Uh, so you know, I was thinking about, I, I often think about food in the park. <laughs> so <laughs> th- th- this is great. And so I was thinking the the other day about pizza and, um, and it's my own opinion, but I don't think it really fits the theme of Tomorrowland yet. That seems to be the only place you can ever get pizza. Do you agree that it should be put somewhere else? Mm. You know, the pizza thing's interesting because I think it's the pizza port and it's the homage. You know, if you think back, there's only one Easter egg, there's only one icon in every single Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. And most people guess that it's the Luxo bouncing ball, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's the Pizza Planet truck. Mm-hmm. It's in every single Pixar movie. So oh. I think that for that mm-hmm. reason, yeah, I think for that reason, I give them props for having pizza. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, it, it, it's Tomorrowland food would be... You know, that's almost the toughest. I, I understand that Star Wars Land's food's going to be phenomenal, like crazy themed, really, really good. You know, when they were building Tomorrowland, they they picked the year 1986. And the reason is <laughs> yeah. that was when the next time Halley's Comet would be visible. Hmm. I mean, that's how far they could think out into the future. Right. So I don't know that any of the food at Tomorrowland is necessarily feels futuristic. You know, they just do the best they can with that's the hardest land. It's a heck. And Walt used to say, Tomorrow is a heck of a thing to keep up with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's okay. Plus, that's where Rocket to the Moon used to st- stand. For sure. Where the Red, red yep. Rock, Red yeah. Rockets is. So yep. yeah, I, I, yeah, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Now, here's the other thing. Oh, okay. There's always another thing with me. I'm right. sorry, oh, no, I get, so I get very worked up. <laughs> Same with us. Yeah, the, the, the popcorn turners, the Rotsy Totsies, mm-hmm. Roasty Toasties. Mm-hmm. I did. I got a lot of research done on that for a tiny little paragraph in the book. But yes, so this is something really Walt had his hand in. All those popcorn turners, Disneyland is the only park in the world, are themed to the land with which they live in. Oh. So you cannot walk by a popcorn cart again in Disneyland, I implore you and your listeners, without looking at each and every popcorn turner because they match the land they live in. It is so cool. I've oh. always done that. Have you? <laughs> I've always done that. When I walk by one, I look at it and see what it's theme like because I... You, I noticed that a long time ago. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that one's matched here. This one is matched there. And I and I actually look to see making sure they're not screwing that up. Mm-hmm. I don't really <laughs> no, tell a lot don't. of people. But, yeah, I walked in. I'm like, okay, that one's correct. And I keep on walking. As I'm walking by, I don't even stop. I just glance and keep on going. But, yeah, I have noticed that, and I look every time. I don't know why. You know, that's, yeah, I call them the popcorn people, but the company – 
Tosti Rosti, I always get that mixed up, Tosti Rosti or the Creator, Creator Company, they were the inventor of the original popcorn machines that were used at Disneyland. So that has been from the beginning. Um, wow. And I love that, you know, and I don't, some of them look older. I always wonder how long is, you know, like the abominable snowman <laughs> yeah. that is at Tomorrowland. Well, you know, the abominable snowman happened after Walt. He had wanted it to happen, but he didn't live to see the abominable snowman. Or should we all say it together? What his name is? Harold. Harold. Harold oh, right. Man. Yeah. He never. So, but, you know, so to see that, uh, I love that they're carrying Walt's vision forward. You know, he wanted the abominable snowman. They put it in I the Matterhorn it. bobsleds and now they have it as a popcorn turner in Tomorrowland. So these are the touches and tastes that I think a lot of people, and I'm going to be addressing this in future works, might be walking past, mm-hmm. but if they want to know that Walt had something to do with it, I want them to know that too. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think we've mentioned often on the show that there's a lot of touches that people just walk by, and I'm like, we, we, we implore people to kind of pause, look, and understand what you're looking at and understand the magic that goes into that. So that is, I mean, small touch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking of what, Walt, of what, what Walt did, sorry, I'm, that's too many W's there. What Walt wanted. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marcy, wh- wh- what is your thought about this, this whole alcohol thing being served in galaxy's edge? That's a good question. That's a, tough That's a good one. question. It goes everywhere. You mean you mean over at Disney California Adventure? No. No, in uh, in oh, Star Wars. No no, 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 in Galaxy's oh, Edge in our park. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 it shows you my ignorance on Star Wars. You're, it's, not, it's it's not particularly. I mean, I like it, but I'm I I know I know I'm not a Star Wars fan. But thank God there That's are fine. gazillions of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a hard question for me to answer because again, I would just go back to that adage that we hear over and over again that Disneyland was always going to be changing and evolving mm-hmm. and to a degree keeping up with the times and you know that's not my purview I will tell you that I certainly enjoy going over to Disney California Adventure for my strawberry margarita and mm-hmm. sit there and watch radiator racers it's probably one of my favorite things to do on a Sunday afternoon in the summer oh yeah so yeah you know yeah you I, and uh, Jess can go hang out and do that oh yeah. yes Jess yeah, loves I, that yeah yeah I love I really do love that and mm-hmm. I, it's, it's not too much alcohol although the friends that I go with get the float times two so I mean okay. but I'd be I'd be I'd be on my, I'd be, I'd be asleep. <laughs> I, I know. And, and the idea that you can, you know, have fine dining. I love Carthay Circle. I love the theming of it. Mm-hmm. There's an example going over to the other side. You know, Walt era when he, when Snow White and the Seven Dwarves premiered. I love the biscuits, you know. And of course, you know, if you haven't noticed before, there are seven of them when mm-hmm. you order the little baby biscuits. So, and, and then the cocktails program at Carthay is very, very They're good. So as good. is the wine program. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's where I go to answer. That'd be my answer. I go over to that side of the park, you know, sure. or Club 33 when I can beg my way in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You knock at the door, let me in, let me in. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, and um, I know this book is all about Disneyland and uh, his home and his studio, but what are your thoughts on the the food over at DCA? Because I think it's it's vastly different. Yeah, I think it's excellent. I think it's very good over at DCA. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot more variety, but that's a whole other thing to, you know, as a food person to work with. You know, mm-hmm. they just have, they're bigger, they have more modern kitchens. Not that they couldn't import the food to Disneyland, but when, you know, those are still the same kitchens for the most part that were there when, when Walt built Disneyland, you mm-hmm. know. So it's just different things that you can turn out. One thing that I'll say that I'm very impressed with, and I have some friends on Insta that are gluten free now because, you know, that, we talk about this a lot like it is i talk about it a lot 
if I, again, fitness, you know, I work out a lot and I don't eat a lot of starchy white stuff. So if I say I would like at the Hungry Bear, I would like the cheeseburger in a lettuce wrap, I've learned to say preference, not allergy. Because if you say allergy, which I used to lie to be able to get my way, they go to another kitchen that is completely separate to make sure that there is no commingling of the flower mm. products. Yeah, to make sure it's clean. So I give them, I give them a lot of credit. Also at Disneyland, they were the initiative, the Healthy Kids Initiative, where it used to be you got Coke and French fries or soda and French fries. Now you get water or milk and fruit. And you have to ask for the other, the other f- less healthy foods for mm. children's meals. So to that end, I think that they've done a really good job. I just think there's just a lot more room to be innovative over at Disney California Adventure, and it's probably not fair to compare the two. Okay. As a person that works in a lot of kitchens, as mm-hmm. or, or you know, my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree, and I think you can get to. I mean, even like downtown Disney, even as like a third option of like culinary experiences from you know that uh, resort. Right. I think so too, and yeah. I and 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 it's I, I guess a lot's changing because I'm going to be going down in November to do Friends of the Mouse and some KTLA for Mickey and Minnie's birthday, which cool. I just want to say, please, friends, it is Minnie Mouse's birthday too. I love me some Mickey, right? But they are same birthday, November 18th. And you know what's really interesting? A lot of the book, excuse me. And you know what's really interesting? A lot of Steamboat Willie takes place in the kitchen. He's banging on pots and pans. And what happens at the end when the captain catches him delighting Minnie and not doing his deck duties? Mickey Mouse gets banished to peeled potatoes, one of Walt, one of Walt Disney's favorite foods. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just love that. I mean, it's like, yay. Cool. Um, but yes, at downtown Disney, I do think so. And I had the went on the Vacation Club member cruise mm-hmm. this summer, which was great with Chef Art Smith, whom I think is one of the most remarkable human beings. But he's, he's part of Splitsville. And, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And at Splitsville, I have to tell you, I think the sushi is quite on point. So, yeah. Really? Yeah, yes. Know. And I'm, I consider myself, you know, again, considering where we are, it's very fresh. It's good. It's, 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 we pay more for food at Disneyland, mm-hmm. even in downtown Disney, for the experience that goes with it. It's just the way it is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you I'm, know, that is the okay. way it is. And I was fairly upset with Splitsville coming in because I saw the prices. I think it was like $24 to bowl. And I was like, who's going to pay $24 to bowl? And then, you know, I saw the prices of the cocktails and the menu of the food, and I was really put off. But when I was there in July, um, I went with Udi, and while we all went down there, but he did the Star Wars thing with uh, one of our friends, and I sat up at at Splitsville and had um, a couple cocktails and appetizers, and I was blown away by everything it's fantastic yeah. yeah i mean yeah you think it's a bowling like what are you, what are you gonna do and then when you walk in and you walk through the whole facility and yeah. then you get the upper bar and everything i'm like wow the and view the, you okay. get everything i'm the like ambience, okay yeah I, I, this I, is immersive yeah. for sure oh yeah for sure and we and how much more now to that point do we pay for theater tickets when they have recliners yep uh-huh. and they have the cocktail service and mm-hmm. they have better food than popcorn and junior mints which is a pretty good food by all right <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know, we pay more for it no. and, yeah. i mean and, and again that speaks that walt disney knew that people here's oh this might be my closer uh and i don't think i made it to the book because several things i found out afterwards or for future re- research mm-hmm. or meeting more and more imagineers like orlando uh the ferrantes my friend jim cora told me that walt used to say i don't care what the guests think what they're paying when they walk into Disneyland, I care what they think when they walk out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ah. 
Makes and a so, lot of a difference. That's it a, is, Yeah, right? that's totally different. Yeah. Sticker shock, sticker shock. And then you're, you know, now it's midnight and no sticker shock. I had the best day of my life. I okay. forgot my troubles. I was happy. I had a great time with my family and friends. I was entertained, amused. I felt safe. I have been at Walt's Disneyland, and it's worth it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's one of the things oh. we talked about in our most recent podcast is we're kind of complaining about the crowds and getting in and the prices and how Star Wars is kind of, you know, how they're taking out benches and all that kind of stuff. But then at the end of the day, once you're there and you're with your with your squad, you're with your family and your friends and you're connecting, you don't think about any of that other nonsense that gets you riled up, right? Yeah, no, I don't. I really don't. I And, and, and that's what's... You know, <laughs> How many times a day do we? I don't know how often you guys go, but when I was riding Eat Like Walt, I think I went 80 days in less than two oh, years. Oh, yeah. so cool! And yeah, I know, I know, it was great. Oh, but cool. I just and the reason I was there, writing for my audience with my audience, I'm the reader as much as the writer. But mm-hmm. as yes. I keep saying, we keep discussing, I wanted to be imbued with the spirit of Walt Disney, mm-hmm. and I'd like to add this too because this is something else that I've I've come to really appreciate which is the flag retreat, which started with Walt Disney Thank and you. is still there. Yes. I mean, again, that is when you talk about looking up to Walt's apartment, I go to the flag retreat every time I'm at Disneyland, if I can, you know, I mean, sometimes you've got a fast pass and you, you miss it, mm-hmm. but it is such a special, unique experience. Mm-hmm. And it's so Walt Disney. He was such a fierce patriot. All of the members of the service are recognized and they go up to the flag or invited to along with their families. And sometimes you see the soldiers holding, you know, their little guy or little mm-hmm. girl's thumbs. And it's entirely American. Yeah. And to me, entirely Disneyland and Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, every time Mark and I go, we make it a point. We're there multiple days. We're going to go to at least one flag retreat. We've done it every time we go. Good for um, you. We go, we stand. And honestly, it, it drops and you hear everything and you see the veterans um, you know that are coming to the park plus anyone else and it is it's pretty emotional like I I take my hat off and it's coming down and they play everything with the audio and everything and I I've told people you have to experience it at least once that is American as American can, can get and it is an emotional moment I think in the day and uh, yeah I'm glad you do that and and that's why I said thank you because more people need to do that it is fantastic yep Absolutely. Well said, Udi. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Heart, yeah. Um so um Marcy, what wh- what are some things that you hope readers take away from your book after after purchasing and reading it? Well, I will answer that by the Herb Ryman quote that I found during my research. And and when I say everybody in the book knew Walt, no exceptions, some of them had passed on, but there are interviews with them like Herbie. And so I always had this idea of what I wanted to do with the book. They, and when you say to me, or the, you know, earlier in our conversation, you can feel the love and passion that I have for my subject. Mm-hmm. That's one of the highest compliments. When people that knew Walt Disney say to me, you write like you knew Walt. Oh. That's mm-hmm. an incredibly high compliment. But what did I want the readers to take away? Well, when I heard this quote, I knew what I was trying to do. It's what I was thinking, but I hadn't expressed. These are Herb Ryman's words. It's for people like yourself to have the privilege and the duty of presenting Walt as a human being and a person who can be known, a person you can be close to. That's my goal, to present him as a human being and a person you can be close to. Yeah, true. Absolutely. (sighs) 
Yeah, I, no, yeah. That, that's right. Yeah, now I've got chills. I, think. I know. <laughs> no, and it's true. I mean, I think that's one of the things that, that make it so, I don't know, It's the magic of it, It's there's no one way to quantify it, but when you start putting all these pieces together, it becomes a little bit easier to kind of analyze everything and recognize why we love the park as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And I love. Oh God, I love that. Um, so, what are the what? Um, I don't know if you talk about it or not, Marcy. But you said you have some books in the works. Uh, wh- what are we talking about here? Maybe well, DC stuff. <laughs> or, or? To be announced soon, and I, you know, we. I would love to come back on your show and yes. tell you about it when it's announced. Oh, but I will say that absolutely. I'm staying. Everything that we talked about today, mm-hmm. I am staying firmly in the space of Disneyland in Walt Disney's era. And I'm continuing to go out and meet the men and women that worked with Walt because, you know, they're almost all in their 80s. And I'm recording interviews with them, so I have that captured. I'm going to be actually be meeting with a gentleman named Jack Taylor soon, who works in the machine shop. He was an Imagineer who worked on Mr. Lincoln and oh, all of the birds in the Tenantiki room. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's th- that type of process. I'm back in the archives next week. I'm starting to just get the research together to preserve Walt's legacy at Disneyland the way that I like to write and present, which is to present Walt as a human being and somebody that we can all know and to continue and to continue to appreciate Disneyland the way he had meant in his heart for all of us to do. Wow, I, I, can't, I can't wait now. Now I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah. No, that'll be so cool. That's yeah. going to be so awesome. Yes, and we will look forward to having you on when, when you get oh, that yeah. book out. Yeah, you can come hang out with us anytime. anytime. <laughs> the Living Today podcast rocks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, come hang we out do. with us. We love. <laughs> we rock a little bit. Thanks, yeah. Mark. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it's always fantastic. I've always mentioned this about the, uh, the community that is built around uh, Disneyland and how just when you sit down and have a conversation with people who love the park that we find i mean we can have differences in so many different things in the world but man when it comes to disney and the park we just all unite and we start moving in a direction and we just can talk about everything we love and that is what i mean that is the one thing that we've taken away doing this podcast now for a number of years is the people that we meet the people we get to talk to like you just you know from incredible incredible people people, incredible people that just love the park and are right in line with what we're what we feel and 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 just thank you i mean it's great to to feel that from you thank you as i said a wonderful way to spend you know an afternoon with friends that have the same common passion and belief for sure absolutely um can you tell me real quick marcy uh, what feelings came over you when you found your book on sale at the park (laughs) i still cry i will admit it it's still there i mean the shelf space for books at disneyland is tiny you know it's in the music shop and and disneyana that's the only place they sell books but to find that my book is still at disneyland on main street usa i become overcome with emotion and and when people post you know that there's your book, you know, or send me a note saying I saw your book. I'm just so grateful for Disneyland for all their support and Disney editions. I really am because mm-hmm. there's a, books coming out all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, downtown Disney now at the home store, it's still there. And be having it be for sale at the Walt Disney Family Museum, very, yes. very, very special mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even Walt Disney World, when I was there for the cruise and then I went to Walt Disney World to play afterwards at the Contemporary, it's still on sale in the gift shop at the Contemporary. So, you know, I mean, on purpose, it is a time capsule 
yeah. of Walt Disney's life. So, and so with that, it doesn't become as disposable, I would su- suppose, you mm-hmm. know, because there's another book, there's another book. This is, this is forever. Mm-hmm. This is Walt's era. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Okay, so besides the park, where can people find your book? Well, they uh, it's it's it is on. We'll be back on Amazon. I'm thrilled to say, in less than one year out, it went into its third printing. And I checked today, uh, and it's still not at Amazon, but it should be at Amazon any day. They should be arriving and be available at Amazon awesome. and at Disneyland, at Disney California Adventure, at Off the Page, mm-hmm. Downtown Disney, at the Home Store, and a lot of you know. Of course, I always like to say. Please support your independent bookseller. So, you know, if you're going to order one, go to your local independent bookshop or something like Stage 9, great supporters of all things Disney, yes. and order the book from them. I will be at Stage 9 on November 9th and 10th signing books, and they will have books for sale there as well. That's wow. so cool. I was going to say 9th and 10th. Right. Wait. Yeah. No, that's coming up. That's really close. That's yes. close. The 10th is the full open day. I think that the 9th is their VIP and or, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah. Subscriber series uh-huh. type thing. People that's that are, you know, in their book club, which is a cool book club to be in. Okay. Uh, but I will be there on the 10th and I am really looking forward to it because we tried to do this last year. And I say that with humility and tremendous gratitude. The book came out September 17th, and it was sold out in November. So oh, I, there wow. was no books. There was no Eat Like Walt for Christmas in 2017. Oh. So that's why we delayed the coming up to Sacramento. So when there would book, books would be back available, and they would be available through the Christmas run. Cool. No, no awesome. I will definitely try to get 13 will, there, too, because yeah. be, that would be fun. Yeah, we're going to go up there for that, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and LTP listeners, if you go to uh, com, you will find, by the time this podcast airs, uh, you will find a link to the book, and you can order it, and you should order it, uh, as many copies, because the holidays are coming up, and you want to get into that. <laughs> well, yeah, for yeah. you and your Disney family. Yeah, no, it is a fantastic book. You look through it, and like I said earlier, you can really tell, and you can really see the love that uh, got put into the book. I noticed a couple pictures in there right away from the Disney Family Museum. I was like, Hey, I know that picture. I took a picture of that. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so cool. I know I'm sitting here as we were kind of getting ready to record and I'm flipping through pictures and every Walt picture, I'm like rubbing it. And I'm like, I love him. Yep. I just, I, I know. I and love you know, him. Most of these photos were never, ever published before. That beautiful new Taoshan, Taoshan book that came out has some of the images that are in my book. His book is, Chris Nichols' book is so beautiful. I can't take my eyes off his book. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but in mine, especially the Walt, like Walt picking up the track. Mm-hmm. Or Walt singing yeah. in Tomorrowland by himself. That was the picture. That was it. Yeah, that was the and, one that I was rubbing. <laughs> and I showed that picture of Walt in Tomorrowland to his family, and they said they'd never seen it before. Oh. I showed it to Marty Sklar. Marty said, "I've never seen it before." And Marty's comment was, "I've never seen Walt quite like this before." He captured him between two moments. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He was obviously. We could all. It's hard to do this on radio without looking at the books, but uh, looking at the image. But it's clear to me. You know, he was probably a little tired. It had been a long day, you know, but he was so happy. He was introspective. He was in his Disneyland, all those things, you know. Yeah, sure. 
or whatever you want to take from the image because no one knows. No, yeah, no yeah. one knows. No, I'm trying to flip to it now, right now. Oh no, I, you know, the, I, I know exactly the yeah, photo because the there it is. Yeah, I was going through it and I kind of I, just pa- love that I paused that picture and you and you think about it. Yeah, there's one of him sitting on the table, but the yeah. one, Tomorrow the then. one I think that one of him picking up the trash. I, I think that that is indicative of how he felt about the park and he nothing was beneath him and and that is I mean like you were saying you wanted to show him as a human being and what a better one of the better ways to do that story of my life picking up trash i still do it when i'm there <laughs> Me too. i'm telling no, you i've seen jess do it we're walking along she's like no it's trash and she'll pick it right up oh yeah i've done that too i yeah, embarrass I, my friends i, I think great. we've all I love actually it. i think you know, we've all done it <laughs> the last time we were there i was walking with my daughters in, in tomorrowland actually and some someone had dropped the turkey leg and they dropped a turkey leg yeah and and the guests were just kind of kicking it around and I said, oh, oh no, that isn't going to fly. And then my daughter's like, Dad, don't do anything. I go, no, I have to go. And you I had a napkin, it. and I picked it up. <laughs> and then, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, you know, guys, just come on. Keep the park nice. I don't care if you guys are embarrassed. <laughs> no, they're, no. It, I would have picked it up. I pick everything I did eat the turkey leg, though. You did eat it. No, I did oh, not. Oh, you did I, not oh. eat it. Okay, that's good. I was going to say. Yeah. This is so I cool. never... I was never a cast member. I pick up the garbage always. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's always. just, you know, it's respectful. And this is this is our park and, you know, our home. And it's like you got to keep it nice. And I just I don't like when people disrespect it. But would you say something to someone, Marcy, if you uh, just saw them leave their trash? <laughs> Pro- you know, probably not because I don't want to get clocked. I, <laughs> I was going to no, say. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've ever seen somebody willfully drop it. Yeah. I really no, don't. I think no. it's more like maps that fall out of pockets. Oh, yeah. speaking of maps, is there mm. anything sweeter to me than a little guy, little kid, less than two years old, three years old, staring at the map. Oh, I know. I love it. I just love that. They don't know what they're looking at, but they love it. Yep. And they just look at it, yeah. Yeah, you you know, it's funny because we got a question um, last episode from a listener and said, hey, what do you guys take home? And what what is something you have to get? And I mentioned as a kid, it was a map. Mm -hmm. I loved grabbing a map and just looking at it and like, oh, and I know Mark grew up you know, with his maps. With maps. So, yeah. But yeah, but I have like those fun maps, those large ones. Yeah. Oh, I have one. Yeah. The big, like the old. Yeah. Oh yep. yeah. They're huge. And I have it framed. It's, oh yeah. They're so cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. speaking of maps really quick, I found my Shanghai Disneyland map. Okay, good. I do have it. Yeah. Marcy wants to, to know that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Marcy. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been to Shanghai. How was it? I, incredible. Yeah. That's right here. It was incredible. The corn dogs were different. I'll tell you that much. It was <laughs> uh, we had a corn dog and it was different, um, but yeah, no, it was incredible. But we had talked about it and I thought I'd brought home a map and I hadn't found it in a year and I found it. Oh so, great! But yes, no, the food was different, but it was incredible. Okay. Yeah, there is a whole other podcast about that because, like in Hong Kong Disneyland, you know, in where their pork is their major mm-hmm. meat protein, mm-hmm. animal protein. In fact, the symbol, the character for home in Chinese has pork in it. I mean, that's how important pork is, yeah, to the Chinese. So, you know, you look at there's a lot of, you know, everything is pork. And, you know, the other thing that I think is interesting about the Chinese, for instance, I haven't been to Shanghai, but in Hong Kong, is they think where there's a lot of people, they want to go. So unlike us, when we see a big line, like at Space Mountain, we'll look over, oh, there's Astro Orbiters, let's go over there. They don't, as a as a... As a culture, they go where the people are, thinking that's where they want to be. And so, you know, and the, I guess I haven't, they've just done a refresh, I think, on the, what is, what's it called? The manor. They don't call it Haunted Mansion there. Oh, the Phantom, uh, Phantom Manor. Phantom Manor? Yeah, right, because they don't like ghosts, but they mm. like their, their ancestors to come back mm-hmm. and visit them. So the whole, yeah, the whole thing about how they make it fit 
talk about the country, like I have been to Paris, I find that very impressive. How they, yeah. the parks managed to do that. I, and I'll tell you, I rode Ratatouille eight times. Yeah. I want to ride that so bad. <laughs> yeah, I just went and got Fast Pass after Fast Pass because it was an odd time. It was winter. It was January. Great time to go. Not oh, crowded. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Cold. Not crowded. <laughs> so just <laughs> uh, real quick, we have a, a few questions. We always ask guests here that come on our show. Um, sure. Um, so he, and. The typical question is, what is your favorite attraction? And I know you've probably been asked this many, many times. Mm-hmm. Is this so? Well, you I'll tell you, I mean, I ask everyone the same. I mean, that was one of the pitches for my book. Yeah. What are the two questions everybody says yes. when they say they're going to Disneyland? What's your favorite attraction? What's your favorite food? So I would have to say Pirates of the Caribbean is my favorite attraction. Okay. And there are a lot of close, several close seconds, probably number one being Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. and, yep. and Peter Pan. Oh, you know, yeah. I love, love, love Peter Pan. Yes. I don't love the lines, but I love, love, that's love Peter Pan. That's an accurate statement. In fact, yeah, and that's what I do when I go, if I have a magic hour, I just go to Peter Pan. It's like, this is the goal. Get uh-huh. on Peter Pan because it's one of the longest lines in the park sometimes. Yeah. Okay, food-wise, I have to be able to have three. So the three are, I really love Bengal barbecue for healthy eating. Mm-hmm. I adore the Plaza Inn for the fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, and biscuits. And I will add to this, you can ask to sit at Walt's table. It is known. There is a table where Walt liked to use to eat, and it is Lucky 13, his lucky number, which oh. I explore a lot in the book. And I was the first person, actually, the family told me no one had ever presented the idea that's Walt's favorite number, but I think I proved it. Another topic. Okay, so I'm not answering your question. My favorite foods <laughs> are Bengal barbecue because it's healthy, Plaza in for the fried chicken, green beans, biscuit, and mashed potatoes, and asking to sit at Walt's table or trying to get Walt's table. And the third would be now the Hungry Bear upstairs, very oh, back, yeah. Yeah. to have a burger, lettuce wrap, treat myself to some fries, Diet Coke, and watch what I think would delight Walt, his mm-hmm. train, the Mark oh. Twain, the Columbia, oh, Tom yeah. Sawyer's Island, to hear all those sounds and know that I am in Disneyland and I am happy and I'm well fed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, you know, I heard that the onion rings there are really, really good too. They are quite good actually. You know what? My friend always gets onion rings. I forgot about those. Yeah. See, that's my problem. When I'm when I'm really getting serious about something I'm doing, I don't eat the fried food. It's life's too short. I'm going to start eating the onion rings. <laughs> and, and, and the same thing with the fried tomato sandwich. Not bad. Oh yeah, that's right. I've, I've heard good things about that. I have yeah, not, not bad. That yet. Okay, is the park better at day or night for you, Marcy? I love the early, early morning in the park, not just because there's less crowds, but I feel like that would be the time when Walt would be walking around a lot, you know, or even before the guests came. But there's no question, there's magic after dark or Disneyland after dark, which, you know, is... It's extremely special. I'll remember, you know, that's this is a famous off-quoted line, but John Lasseter wrote the foreword for my book, and he's a very good friend. Mm-hmm. And at the opening night of Cars Land, when the lights came on, this little boy turned to his mother and said, Mommy, is this where they made the movie Cars? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? oh, and I know that's been repeated, but that's a real line. I oh, mean, it's fantastic. That's really happened. And so, yeah, it's like that speaks to what magical lighting and, you know, mm-hmm. how it all feels. Yeah, yeah. The other reason I don't like nighttime is I'm not – I get up at like 4.30 or 5. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then the last question that we, I, we, we try to ask is that if you were going to bring a guest to the park, um, maybe someone that doesn't like Disneyland, um, and I'm guessing those, those uh, people that are close to you 
probably all like Disneyland, but just... Well, would they be my friend? No. no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, so, like, hypothetically, someone in your family or someone said, hey, I want to go, I'm going to take you to Disneyland, and they go, okay, I, but I really hate it. Um, it. What one attraction or what one thing would you bring to them or show them that said, hey, you know, this really best embodies what Walt was trying to do with this park? Well, believe it or not, I have a lot of friends that aren't Disneyland fans. And so I have no question what I would do is I would explain to them as we go through the turnstiles and we look at the floral Mickey and at the train station that this is what Walt Disney called the lobby. And as we go underneath the trains and we walk in, we have the show. We would turn right around. We would get up on Walt's train and we would do the Grand Circle Tour. Mm. And that would be how I would show them Walt's Disneyland. Ah, that is actually, isn't that pretty much what we did last trip? I kind of love that. She kind of, I, I mean, you got me like choked up, like teary eyed. Yeah. Like that was, yeah. There's yeah. no better no, way. No, I think yet. so. I mean, one thing, what would you do? I mean, there's, I could tell a million stories about a lot of, of the, attra- well, not. I could tell stories about a lot of the attractions, why they had a lot of importance to Walt. But that, that's what I would do. Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, the other thing that I ask people to do, please, just the first time that you mention it, yeah. always include Walt Disney's name because it's the only attraction mm-hmm. in Disneyland that has his name on it. Yep. Walt owned mm-hmm. the Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room yep. before he sold it back to Disneyland. And it was, according to Diane Disney Miller, his favorite attraction. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be said about that one, too. But no, Grand Circle Tour. Okay. Yeah. Can we? Yeah, I'm sorry. She's the first person that's made me cry. Yeah. Like, no, I'm straight no up. Joke, no Jess joke, no joke. Jess crying, is crying right now. And we are not cooking with onions. No, no. we're not. But you are the first part that's made me actually tear up. I'm like, I need a tissue because yeah. I'm like crying. Oh. I'm like, that is so good. Yep. Like, Thank so you. Good. Well, you know, it just that means, again, it truly means She's the world crying. to me. Yeah. Because that's how I feel. And I am... I am grateful that I've been given the gift of communication, whether it's the spoken word on radio or now for me, almost primarily the written word, to be able to express what we're all feeling and for other to share it with other people is the greatest gift and the best job in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I just I love it. Absolutely. We have to have her come with us to the museum now. Oh, we're trying to we're we're all going to the museum. We're trying to get. I'm, the I'm a founding member, day one founding member. Oh, cool. oh how cool! Because we're, yeah. we're trying to get Michael Bowling to come with. Yeah, you. she knows she does Michael Bowling. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Bowling's a friend of ours too. Up here, he's a great. Yeah, guy. he's been on our show too. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Let me know. I mean, let me know if you guys go. I go a lot. I actually went to Marceline. I made the pilgrimage to Marceline this summer, and I went to cool. Walt's hometown museum's gala, which was. Absolutely phenomenal and one really very special. In fact, I'm going to the one that's at Walt Disney World next year at Epcot. And I encourage everyone to get to Marceline. You'll understand Walt Disney in a whole other way wow. when you are there. And I found it and something that's what I didn't know until recently is that Disney California Adventure on the partner's statue, if you look at Walt's heel upside down, it's also on my Insta, store, Insta mm-hmm. it says Marceline on his heel. And in yeah. his pocket is the Kansas City newspaper. So these are the little details that I'm telling you guys that are still there for people to know Walt Disney that I was walking by. There is the Hotel Marceline, which is, of course, in Disneyland. Coca-Cola Corner. There is a the Coca-Cola Corner in Marceline. Main Street USA, you know, a fashion among a, fashion among many things, including Marceline. But Marceline is a very, very special place to go. And I lost my train of thought, but... Um, <laughs> 
it doesn't matter. There's too much, too much, too much time anyway. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to have you back on the show. We are gonna have to have and, you uh, back on the show. Like this is so cool. So Wally, I know we're, what are your guys's? What are all the? I, I I follow Leaving Today. What are the other instas that you guys have where you post your Disney stuff? Um, mine is Storybook Jess. Storybook Jess, okay. Yeah, because I worked Storybook, and that was my favorite attraction that I worked. Oh, yeah, I should ask you guys, so what are your guys' favorite attractions? Food. Well, my favorite attraction, I love Thunder Mountain. Thunder Mountain's my favorite, um, like, as a guest, I would say. As a cast member, it would be Book. Book would be my, that was my favorite attraction that I worked. I don't know. I can't, I don't know. It's too hard. It changed my mind. I don't know. Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> Peter Pan was... That was such an experience, and that was a cool ride, a cool attraction to work and experience when it's 101. Like, that was the coolest one, like, attraction to be 101. You bring up an interesting question, ride versus attraction. Of course, we know it's attraction, Mm -hmm. but we're, you know, again, it's it's interesting. Sometimes I just say ride. I'm just so exhausted saying attraction. (laughs) But I I applaud you for staying firmly in the attraction space. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. I know. I'm like, uh, people always ask, what do you do? And I'm like, I was an attractions hostess. That's I was an attractions hostess. And they're like, what is that? I'm like, it's a ride operator. That's what okay, What's like. everybody else's favorite ride, though? I want to hear everyone. I'm scared. Um, for me, oh. it's going to be the Jungle Cruise, uh, mm-hmm. particularly at night. Uh, yeah. Just because I feel transcended into some, somewhere else. And I get full of wonder, even though I know what the gag is. I, I just get full of wonder every time I'm on it. I have to drag my daughters on there, and they hate it. <laughs> Um, but that's okay. Um, but then my second favorite is going to be the, the uh, Matterhorn. Just Oh. Yeah, absolutely the Matterhorn. Yeah. Uh, oh. and, and then, yeah, well, mine um, has hopped around a little bit. It's been Pirates for a very, very long time. Pirates, indie, kind of everything in that area. Um, lately, and, and I mentioned it on our last show, was I'm starting to migrate to Mansion. More and more, that has become an attraction that I just have to go on multiple times every trip. Uh, I think it's at least three, if not four. Um, the best time, I've, I've recommended this to people, if you can make it at about 11.55 and jump <laughs> on there for the very last ride, that is a great way to finish your day because then you can walk back really slowly through an almost empty park. Oh, that's, that a good, that's a good... That is a very good tip. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, eleven fifty-five. If you can make it towards the end, and I've actually taken pictures of <coughs> the, um, you know, the gates closed, and I go, here we go, and then and then just take a really slow stroll, all the way down America, down the rivers of America, and then exit however you want to exit. But that is an amazing time to do it. So that's what I try to do. That's what I try to do. That's what I've done the last two trips, and that's kind of been like now my routine. It's going to be pirates. Have to, even though I don't agree with the remake, but hey. It's fine. Still, the heart that, of it that's is a, there. That's such a loaded, loaded. Oh loaded yeah, it's really it tough. Is. It's really tough. It really I'm is. I'm not going to touch on that. Just know that. I mean, it's Neither. still. The, yeah, the heart of it is is still there. And then, um, and then yeah, haunted. And then and then Indy's right there, and a few other. But yeah, that's my favorite. Those are my favorites. I, yeah. I actually make notes of funny jungle cruise spiels, you know, because you know, <laughs> sure. I think I I love it. When I was at Walt Disney World, this woman was the captain. And she says, well, there's the hippos. They're the most dangerous animal in the jungle. Don't worry. I can get rid of them. I love you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Why don't you text back at a more reasonable time? <laughs> oh, my I God. Just, that is amazing. Yeah, I haven't God. heard that one. That's awesome. 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, gosh, that cracks me up. Oh, anyway, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you very, oh, very no, much. Thank- Let me know when I can help um, promote this, and I hope I see some of you in Sacramento. And if that you're ever fantastic. coming to the Family Museum, let me know. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Marcy. Thank you you're so welcome. much. Appreciate it. Was a pleasure. It you're was welcome. Such a Happy pleasure. Sunday Funday. All right, thank you, you too. too. Thank you. Right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much, Marcy, for coming on the LTP. Uh, We really, really appreciated it. Uh, One of the best interviews we've ever done. Yeah. Super, super cool. I loved it. First and only person to make me cry. I, I, you know, and I said it during the interview, and I'm going to keep on saying it, this is what makes doing this so much fun. Mm -hmm. Getting to, getting the opportunity to talk to people like her, about what we love and then just feeling the passion and the love and the energy. I mean, my gosh, like what a great interview. Yeah. I can't wait to have her back on. I know. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, LTB listeners, if you go to our site, leaventodaypodcast.com, you will find this book. There's a picture of this book. In, uh, I encourage in, anyone who doesn't have it yet to order it. Um, you can click on there and you will have it delivered to your house through Amazon and you will be a better person <laughs> after yeah, having this. The recipes in the back yeah. and then the photos throughout incredible. are mm-hmm. incredible. Incredible. Yeah, but there's still there's a really interesting story in mm-hmm. here too, and it's mm-hmm. about his. It it it, it kind of reduces him to like a common man when you go. Oh, I, I kind of like that, you know. Well, no, and and that I don't was mean that's make make that sound bad or no. Anything. And she said it that was her goal was to make him an an everyday guy, which yeah clearly was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, and I mean, and just like the pictures and looking at the menus and like the prices, it's like, oh my gosh, I could get a full burger for 35 cents. You sure can. <laughs> or some sarsaparilla. Some sarsaparilla. I saw that for 10 cents. Yeah, mm-hmm. for 10 cents. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't talk about the ice cream. I oh, mean, we got to have to have her We're back. We're going to have her back on. We have yeah. to have her back on. I mean, she's going to be up in the Sacramento area. Um, the 10th, was it November 10th, 9th and 10th? Uh, at stage uh, nine. Stage nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, I don't think I will be able to make it. I will um, make it because I'll probably be working where I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, we'll have some representation. You know who you're going to have to hit up to go. Yes. I don't know, Mr. Pittman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know, yeah. be like, what, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. will be there. Yeah. Okay. So now let's go on uh, to our news. Talking about things that you do not understand. Today's news is brought to you by Expedition Roche's Coffee, where they encourage you to brew your happy place. You know, if you have been looking for themed coffees that follow quite in line with Disney, mm-hmm. Expedition Roasters is where you gotta go. They have a oh, yeah. full line of Disney themed and inspired coffees. Absolutely. Love it. I love it. And when you are there, make sure to enter the LTP discount code, LTP20, at checkout for 20% off your very first purchase. That's Expedition Roasters Coffee, where they encourage you to brew your happy place. Yeah, so we've got some news items, but I kind of wanted to remind you, listeners, that we have a Patreon page. Um, It's on our site, leaventodaypodcast.com. it's you know it's just it's patreon and we've got one or two or three different levels one is one dollars three dollars and five dollars um and at this point i want to say thank you so much to seth for joining the patreon club yes thank you uh and you along with dan get to pick out a topic for the show 
uh, that we will talk about, and you guys can be on the show. Yep, and message me um, or us on the uh, Leaving Today Podcast Facebook page. Best yeah. way to get a hold of us. And we are working on some cool gifts to send you guys. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. All right. And then um, also we have a new link on there for Amazon. And and really it's just like an, like an um, affiliate program. And all you do is you if you want to buy stuff through Amazon, you just click on the link. And then from our from our page and order and anything you want to order. It just kind of helps us. And mm-hmm. you guys won't notice any, any anything different. There aren't any different pricings. It's just, you know, if you want to order a movie or a book go through our link and you'll just be taking Amazon and order it and everyone wins. Um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of the back way of helping us out. Yeah. Um, which I didn't know about until Mark brought up like, oh, that would be great. And and yeah, I mean, I mean anything I'm going to order through Amazon, I'm going to do through our page. Right? Yeah. And it's, yeah, how cool. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what, what the percentage is or anything. but doesn't even matter. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, but like you guys will don't even know, we won't even know the difference. Yeah. I love it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we thank you in advance for that. Yes. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Okay. So the news. Okay. Disneyland, Disney plans pedestrian bridge to downtown Disney. Although Disney has canceled plans for a new resort hotel in Anaheim, the company is going forward with plans to build a pedestrian bridge that will link the new Clio parking structure to downtown Disney. The bridge will span Magic Way and eliminate the need to cross at street level. The new bridge is expected to open in 2019. Disney has not just described where the downtown Disney side of the bridge will, hmm. will connect. But we're going to post a picture on this online. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Can you repeat the question, sir? I'm trying to figure out where <laughs> they're going to, so, where it's going to go, where they're so going to dump I. off. Yeah, where they're going to dump off. Or where it's going to start? What? Where? Where is it? So remember, well, no, no, no. remember when we got there on Thursday night and, yeah. we, and we were walking? We walked over. Right. right. We walked over the overpass and then right. we turned right. Yeah. Right. No, it's right there. It's right there. Yes. But uh, my mind is, okay. I can't why, envision why do you, it. Why do you need it? I mean, I guess uh, whatever. But then I'm kind of going, why, where is it going to dump off? Well, I, I don't know where it's going to dump off. That's yet. a walkway. Yeah. It's a skyway walkway. Yeah. From the parking structure. From the new Clio parking structure to the parking lot behind Easy, right by, by Rainforest. Yeah, over over there. That's well, but there's nothing there. Yeah, I mean, I line. guess it makes sense over there. Huh? Yeah, that's exactly where it's going to go because they're not taking up any. They're not going to take up any space. I have a question. It's. I have an answer. Is it really necessary? Yes. Okay. One hundred and ten percent. Okay. Because what it ha- what happens here, and what the problem? It's not a problem. I've done it. It's awful. You park in the parking structure. You walk down. You go through and you cross over. Dis- mm-hmm. What is that? Disney Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Disney Magic. Ma- magic Way. Is it Magic Way? I think it's Magic um, Way. Yeah. You walk across and then you're walking alongside the tram that's yep. going through downtown Disney, and then you end up getting spit out right there. There's restrooms. Pretzel Time was there. Wetzel's Pretzels is there. Um, you the Hog and Dawes right there. That's where you would end up. Okay. So what they're doing is eliminating the this right here because if they do when you go that way what are you bypassing all the shops the starbucks the toys the pins you're bypassing all that stuff so what they're doing is putting you through here where they're going to spit you out further out where you have to walk through that where your children are going to i want this i want that i want a coffee let's get breakfast here it's going to be more of an income for them okay that's that's my thought no and you know what when you put it in those terms 
I can see it. That's yeah. my thought. Yeah. Actually, I never thought about that yeah, before. I hadn't either. I was just like, what are they doing? Is this for access to a feature hotel area that they're going to put out there? Well, no. Okay. Okay, well, good point. That's my Jeff, thought. I think you're right. I think you're spot on, Jazz. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of downtown Disney, not a whole lot going on there, huh? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, not anymore. Let's talk about ESPN Zone for a minute. Sure. Okay. Do we have to? Yes. Why? They didn't. They they don't want to come back. They're not trying to come back, right? They are not. That was the last of the. Right. Yeah. But Rainforest is. Well, well, they want to come. They back. want to come back. Yeah. As far as I know, Rainforest uh, was it Landry Corporation. Mm-hmm. They own quite a few restaurants. Correct. Has contacted Disney. So far, Disney hasn't an official response yet. Hmm. I just think it's interesting. Like, I mean, that building, ESPN Zone, they could do a lot with that building. Yes, they a could. A lot. Yes, they like could. Like what, Two-story laser tag. Boom. Uh, I would do it. Crickets. <laughs> well, I, I'm halfway joking, but I would do it. Well, no, I mean, you think about it. It is a double-decker mm-hmm. section. It, it is. Ooh. You could do a lot with it. Top could be Starbucks, bottom could be Pete's. <laughs> Coffee battle ensues. Top huh. Starbucks, bottom Earl of Sandwich. Ooh. No, Earl's going to go back over well, there. It's already open. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. So that you would want that to be a uh, laser tag? Well, I was kind of joking. Okay. I was kind of joking. No, I wouldn't. Um, what would you do? First off, would you, would you let Rainforest come back? I would. Oh, yes. Oh, just for the Caesar salad. Yes. Well, okay. no, I think they should come back, but I but don't know what I do. Yeah, no, ESPN Zone should not go back. No, no, there. no, that shouldn't. Maybe, maybe, maybe Dave and Buster's. A really cool Coca-Cola store, double deck Coca-Cola oh, store, just like downtown Disney. I'm sorry, Disney Springs. Oh, they had one there. They yeah, thirteen went into the Coca-Cola store. It was she said it was a two-story Coca-Cola store. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you could do that. That wouldn't be bad. You could do Coke, and then you could do, like, um... Pepsi. Funko Pops. Mm. What? Do you... I don't know what a Funko Pop is. It's the thing that Joey collects, right? Well, a lot of people collect them. Oh, those toys? Yeah, well, it's a bobblehead, basically. I mean, when it comes right down to it, but... Yeah, yeah, those I, mean, are, are, I don't have any interest in that. No, 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 but I'm saying that would make money hand over fist, because people who people are Funko those. fanatics mm-hmm. are Funko fanatics, mm-hmm. and they go crazy for yeah. it. I have my handful of Funkos. Well, I would like a yeah. couple of them. They've got Haunted Mansion ones they have, now. They, They've got the red head. Right. They've got all those. Yeah. Cool. So that would be kind of cool if they did like, I would go with a Coke and a Funko store. That would be kind of cool. They go hand in hand. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it's very Americana now. I mean, Funko Pops more and more are becoming more. More of a thing. Mar- yeah. Yeah. There's Walking Dead. There's everything. There's Star Wars. Everything it's everything. Yeah. I mean, I've got it. It's a, not ba- just Disney. No, I've got a, I've got a Batman Funko. Because I love Batman in DC, and then I have a Yoda Funko. Those are the only two Funkos I have because they mean a lot to me. So but I'm you like, can get like an expensive Hatbox Ghost on. Oh, you can get crazy eBay. things. eBay. There's there's a lot of things like that, which is cool. That's a cool like not a bad theory. I, I mean, that would be kind of fun. That would be fun, and I think if they float that idea, you're gonna see an overwhelming support for that. Oh, so that's Disney, if you listen, Funko Pop store in downtown Disney. Therefore, you could have release parties there when they're going to do different ones that, I mean, which they do anyway. Mm-hmm. And you sell tickets. And then you could do, yeah, yes. it would be kind of crazy. You want to at the ESPN so, zone? Yeah, they're oh, in that And they building. have a Splash Mountain one? Yeah, they do. And they, wow, they have a lot of them. Yeah, if you look at them, I know you may have no interest, but Jess, I think if you start looking at Funko Pop, Disney-based Funko Pop, I think you're going to find a lot of things they in there. They have an Okie Boogie. There you go. Uh-oh. See what for I mean? eight dollars and ninety five cents on eBay, if anybody wants to buy it for me, I'll yeah. take it. Mm. He's well, kind go. of weird looking, but it's okay. Anyway, so anyway. that would be kind of cool. 
Okay. Can we talk about her? If it was the right one. Yes. It, this is, we're looking at a, is that a Funko Pop? Uh-huh. Uh, of the redhead. The new red. Meh. For 40 bucks? That's not bad. How much does it normally cost? Uh, 12. Oh. oh, they're, oh, they're cheap. Yeah, they're not great. Maybe 12 to 15, I want to oh. say. I could be way off. Uh, last Funko Pop I bought was maybe 10 bucks. I uh, want this one. It's do you, just you, do, I don't know much about these things. Do you, I don't either. Do you take them out of the box or do you leave them in the box for a collectible? Uh, it's going to be both. You're gonna, it's going to have the same school of thought with any collectible. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, my my Yoda, my Batman is not out of box. My Yoda is because I'm like, no, it's Yoda, man. Yoda's got to freaking be free. Yoda has to be freaking free. Freaking free. I'm going to buy Elsa like for a centerpiece for the table while we record. I will burn it. I will burn it where it stands. stands. How about Quail Man? How cool. I'm so sorry. I came in hot. That was exciting. Who's Quail Man? (laughs) Do you know who Quail Man is? From what? The cartoon Doug. He was Quail Man. Remember he wore his underwear outside his pants? No. They've got a Funko Pop for him? They do, and I'm... You really don't know Quail Man from well, Doug? I, no, I know when you said who it was. I'm like, okay, now I know. But yeah, I didn't know that to be the I character. Yeah. I'm an old lady. <laughs> Mark, they have a tiki room. Okay, I'm okay. I'm on board then. With okay. um, uh, uh, the uh, it's a tiki and then uh, one of the birds. Yeah, the parrot, Jose, probably. No, he's Pierre. Oh, Pierre. Pierre. I think it says Pierre. It's Pierre. It's a Barker parrot. It's all it says. Okay. Yep. But yeah, oh, Pierre. it's the Barker that we were, the bird that oh, the Barker we're, bird. we're, oh, we're, yeah. we're bird. hoping that they put back out. Yeah, the yes. Barker bird. Yeah. So yeah, they're cool. That would be a cool thought. Udi. Think about it. I, I like it. I can live, I can get on board with that. You can run in tandem. I mean, Lego has its own thing and then you can. Across the way, yeah, have that. Funko Pop. Oh, that's probably smart. That would be smart. You should contact those guys. Dude, I'm week. telling you, man, every once in a while, every time, so every where do show, you I buy, can. Where do people buy these? Funkos? Everywhere. This one, I'm so sorry, and you can edit. Can edit. Do you want to know, Jess? If you want to buy them on Amazon, you can go to leaveintodaypodcast.com. They click have... on Amazon link and order your Funko Pop. <laughs> and I know that you guys won't know this, but I know listeners will. They have Oroville mm-hmm. with Bianca and Bernard. I think. Do you know what that is, Mark? I have no idea what you're talking Do about. Do you know what that is? Oroville. Wait. Oroville with Bianca and Bernard. That would be the show, right? You're thinking about Oroville, the show, right? Or no? No, no. That's his name. No, then I don't know. I don't know. From um, the Rescuers? He's the, oh! the bird that they ride. Oh, that's an old school thing. That's what I'm saying. Why do they have one of those wow. these pop things? Yep. And they're riding him. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's pretty cool. So I would be down with that because it's something that I feel like that I don't have enough of. But you know where you can find those? Where's that? Stage 9, an old sack where our Miss Marcy is going to be. In November. November 9th and 10th. And we will, the LTP will be there. Yeah. At least two-thirds. Like that's if I can make it, I can make it. I, I honestly don't know my schedule at all. Okay. For, from October 29th to November oh, 15th, I have, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to buy a book and have her sign it. Think okay. she'll sign my phone case? Yes, she will. Okay. Let's do this. So what actually is at Downtown Disney <laughs> is uh, Salt and Straw. It just opened recently. Um it is. Let's see. Salt and Straw is now open in downtown Disney, bringing the Portland-based ice cream shop to Anaheim. The company prides itself on taste-provoking th- ice cream made with unique ingredients like bee, local honey from Portland, San Francisco's sight glass coffee, and dandelion chocolate, Lucky Charms cereal, house-made caramel. Caramel. Well, no. So... <clears throat> What? They 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 specialized in lo- local. I remember from our from a while back, right? From local and local flavors and yeah. So we're looking. Or Jess, are you looking up uh-huh. the actual menu for there? Mm-hmm. 
What For is this one. okay? Have you seen anything on that that it would you would consider local to, to Disneyland or Anaheim? the Anaheim area? No. Okay. Well, I'm no. like, because we talked about it before when they announced what they were going to come in. I, and that's what I'm saying. What 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 is out there we can consider local? And I I, I don't we think were kind of like this uh, is local. I don't know. The menu of milk-based and vegan ice cream flavors is available by the scoop in cups or cones and also by the pint from a self-serve case near the exit. That's not important to I know. like that, though. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to wait in line. You just get it, go, take it to your hotel, have a spoon, and you're good. Oh, actually, that's a good point. Dude. Um, I'm okay, full anyway. of good things tonight. This I, is great. It's because you're drinking wine? This Each scoop shop oh. has a collection of classic flavors available year-round plus an assortment of seasonal flavors. For October, the downtown Disney location serves up the Great Candy Copia, which Salt and Star describes as a trick-or-treat bag of candy turned inside out and jammed into an ice cream maker. Holy crap. And Mummy's Pumpkin Spiced Potion, a vegan take on pumpkin spice latte. For all you hmm. basic ice cream eaters. Hmm. For the truly adventurous, Creepy Crawly Critters has a... a is it Machka? Macha? Macho? Man? M-A-T-C-H? What is that term? It's matcha. Matcha. Matcha, yeah. Oh, it's green tea. Ice mm-hmm. cream mixed... Correct. With real dark chocolate-covered crickets and coconut toffee brittle mealworms. I mean... What? If I didn't know what it was... Okay. You're not going to taste it. No, you won't. You know what I mean? You're gonna, and especially with toffee nut, yeah. that's going to be your... Cr- oh, yeah. That's that, going to be your crunch. Yeah. So it's not going to be... Yeah, I you're mean, not, you're not going to be... I wouldn't eat it yeah. willingly. Yeah. But yes. if you didn't tell me you gave it to me and I ate it and it's like, you're not going to... I'm not going to tell. You're not going to know your crunch is going to be a, a beetle. A cricket or, a cricket. or anything. Yeah. It's going to be that toffee nut. Can I tell you my favorite one? Go. Salted malted chocolate chip cookie dough. I mm. love sea salt. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, and I know. So, like that salty. I would try that. Why or, do you think I'm freaking all over salted caramel? That has been like my thing forever now. I, I don't love know why. It. I or love it. Or sea yeah. salt with caramel ribbons. Sure. I would do that. Yeah. How about um, pots of golden rainbows? Do you think that has anything to do with Lucky Charms? Probably. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. All good. Dandelion chocolate hazelnut cookie cookies and Cream. It's vegan and gluten free. You had me lost at vegan. <laughs> all it means is not milk based. That's all it means. It's probably. I, I, I like wonder what. I, I, no, I wonder what the uh, texture is going to be like on that. That's my thing. Yeah. I'm a texture person. So. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, I would try it. I would even try the goat cheese one. The olive black olive brittle. Nope. But I like black olives. <sighs> oh man, I I'm on the fence buy on that it, one. Yeah. But I'm sure they sample things yeah. because they're not going to want people to be upset. So if I could sample it, it might be something I couldn't eat too much. I love goat cheese. I can eat a whole thing of goat cheese in a salad and be con- really content with my life. Mm. <laughs> okay. Black olive brittle. I don't think so. And goat cheese. That's the same flavor? It's the same flavor. That is a good mix. If you're doing I that. I put black olives and goat cheese in my salad. All the time. Why not? Uh, I don't know. It's I not going to be sweet. Well, I wonder what the flavor base is. You know what I mean? Like, if it's... Goat well, milk. Well, no, but I'm like, is it like more of a vanilla? Like, you know what I mean? It's like Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. How about a strawberry honey balsamic with black pepper? The black pepper might be a bit much. That's but what I throws think, me. But I think if it's done as just a touch to give it a little bit of a kick, I think I'd be in on that. Because strawberry... I love strawberries in my salads, and I love balsamic vinaigrette. So I feel like I could be on board with that. It's just the thought of Ooh, it being a texture candy, of yeah. an ice cream. Have you ever had watermelon in your in your salad? No. It's really, really, really good. Is it? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's super good. 
Okay. My koi like watermelon. That was me. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I'm just thinking of food and these, like, they're just interesting flavors. Um, can we talk about the prices? Sure. I don't know the prices. Do we need are. to? How much does a single scoop cost? Six dollars. Yeah. Doubles eight. Kids is five. A split scoop is an additional 50 cents, so you can get a whole pint for $12. Pint. It is. I would taste um, it and then pint it. 50 cents for sprinkles. You can get a boxed water for $2. Oh. A dollar for fudge on your ice cream. Okay. Or a dollar fifty for a waffle cone. That seems reasonable. No. For for that for where you are. For, and, and I don't for, need a cone, so and, I'm okay. And, and for what they're doing, that is not a typical like vanilla, chocolate, rocky sure. red, right. cookies and cream. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, Gibson Girl is cheaper than that. It's better. It is. Well, okay. you, well you can't say it's better because you haven't been you there haven't yet. Been but here I yet. Could, true. you're gonna say you're leaning towards it, which I am too, because those flavors are gonna be it's gonna be interesting. How well it's going to be received. I personally think it's going to be received just fine, but yes. you never know. I will try it for sure. I would. Yeah, I totally would. Okay. Well, that's a good win mm-hmm. for Salt and Straw. And then I guess there's two breweries coming in. Um, I'm trying to think of which ones they are. Sculpin, right? Sculpin IPA. Or, yeah, Sculpin's coming in down there. Sure. Yes, uh-huh. that is okay. correct. Uh huh. And then I don't, I'm not sure what the other one is. It's, um, a, it's a hamburger place. Black uh, something. Something in Brews. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know. Something in Bruce. Okay. Well, that'll be interesting. Okay. So what else happened down there recently? Oh, the Tiki mugs got released last week. Mm-hmm. How uh, cool were those mugs? Yes. They were pretty amazing. Um, Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar released the 2018 Halloween Tiki Mug on Tuesday. And this is the first time I think they've ever, I've known them to ever do this. So I'm guessing this is going to be... The a, mugs? Yeah. They do them every year. Do they really? For the Halloween ones? Yeah. Remember last year we talked about it and it was like we were so frustrated because they I don't remember that at were all. So, they were selling out and they were so expensive. Okay, well, that's, yeah, I must have totally blank on that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, because it's such a painful memory. Yes, I, right. Thanks for bringing that up, Jim. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, this mug features the Hatbox Ghost and is a companion style to the mug released last week at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a limit of two mugs per person while supplies last. And I heard that. Um, there was a major line to get them on Tuesday, but then they had more that evening and more the following day. Yes, they <laughs> so did. So I saw, I showed you the link to the um, eBay, or he mm-hmm. had them about like 140 or something like that. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I wouldn't pay that. I mean, no. I, as high as I'm going to go is 37. <laughs> and not like it as you're doing it. <laughs> I, well, that came with water and ice yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of alcohol. Um, that's really all the news I have this this this. Yeah, not over. much news wise. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else um, that I could think of news worthy. News. Oh, Annika saw the um, hollow, the uh, Christmas commercial for Disneyland. They're running it again. Oh yeah, and it's it, about time. I mean, Santa's right around the corner. And again, they're running in the one with the with the the lady in the Skyway bucket blowing out the the snowflake. And she goes, Dad, what's going on with that? And I go, What in the world? Yes. They're bringing the Skyway back to Walt Disney World. Yes, they are. They definitely are. I know. But not in the park. It's at the resort level. 13 saw the... No. Yeah. She saw it somewhere in one of the parks. The Like the pardon my du- our dust thing. She said in one of the parks and it was the Skyway stuff. Hmm. Well, we're going to have to have that discussion. We her. will have that yeah. discussion when she... Precisely. Yes. Okay. Um... So I guess we're going to go. We don't have, do we have one on one tonight? No, no she's broken. Okay, well, do we have a this late, this this day in Disney history? Do we have a this day in Disney don't. history? We do. I just I'm really blind right now. 
Okay. So while we get that, uh, so Seth and Dan, you guys will come up with a topic for us to talk about, and we'll have you on the show. Um, We also have um, to work on that other topic we have for what is what land would we have and what we would be put in that. That's Mm going to be an upcoming show for us. Um, let's see. So I schedule, I think what couple more out, maybe a couple more out. Yeah. yeah. We have another interview at some point coming up mm-hmm. and, um, but I'm still basking in the glow of this one. Cause I think Marcy's going to be a regular on the show. Uh, yeah. I mean, she made, ju- she made just tear up. I mean, me no, no joke. She was tears running down her face and yeah, and I, Jess was not joking about that. Yeah, it was no joke. All right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's today's date? Today is October 21st. Um, 1965. Guesses? Ooh, October 21st, 1965. So is it a Disneyland? Yes. Okay, so Walt's alive. Um, Well, sorry, Walt Disney's alive. I don't know about his first name. Well, he won't call Walt. We are on a first name basis. Okay, yeah. Walt's alive. It's it's near Halloween. Um, 1965. Something? No. Is it Halloween related? No. Okay, I'm going to blow that any theory there. Um, it don't say like, oh, the Astro Orbiter got moved 15 feet to the left. Precisely. Okay. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Nailed it. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, 1965. Did something, did something open? No. Something closed? No. Uh, is this based on a theme, uh, an uh, attraction? Yes. Or, it is? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's like 20 questions. I like it. I play that with Alexa when I'm home alone by myself. Can you get wet on this attraction? Yes. You can? Yes. Ooh. It's a small world? No. Pirates. Yes. Pirates wasn't even launched in in, in 1965. Correct. Oh, uh, digging began? No. Construction? No. No. Um, If anyone's keeping count, I don't know how many questions this is. What about 18? Yeah. Is it blue? Pirates. (laughs) It is blue. Can you eat it? Uh, Okay, we give up. What I mean, you it? could eat it. It might make you sick. Walt Disney receives the final script for Disneyland's latest project, the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Mm, Five just, days later, never... dialogue recording will begin with performers J. Pat O'Malley and Paul Fries. Oh, nice. Whatever became of that? What they recorded? No, the Pirates of the Caribbean thing. Oh, I don't know. I heard it's not there anymore. Mm, yeah. I don't know. This was the thing that happened. <clears throat> Interesting. You should have... Flush that thing out. Darn it. Okay. Okay. So that is going to wrap up episode number 72. Um, I hope what you guys. Yeah. I hope you guys have really enjoyed it. It's one of these moments that in the LTP where it makes me happy that we do all this work and yeah. it pays off. And as Udi said, you know, when we kind of look into this whole Disney world of people, I am so impressed by the quality of people they are and how cool they are and how much they just want to talk and share their joy and passion with everything. It's so cool. And, you know, Marcy Smothers actually adds to that, I mean, completely adds to that and embodies all that. And thank you again so much yeah. for being on the show. I um, am really grateful for, uh, I mean, we, we'll go back to, what, 70 and... We talk about the heaviness of that episode. We're going to keep bring it up. And then here we are going back to back with episodes that are just a... They're perfectly timed, in my opinion, because um, they're reminding us of what what we're here for. And even yeah. though we had that moment of just like... I mean, that was kind of like... Yeah. We had to, we had we had to get to. a lot we of the emotional things out 
Um, but then you flip around and we follow you guys, you know, very next episode, just reminding us of what we do and then having someone like Marcy come on and then remind us that the world is out there and that a lot of people on this planet feel exactly like we do. And that is fantastic to have and to know. And yeah. making me cry. Like, no. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. That was just weird. And, and to that real quick, you know, the other day after we had launched episode 70, I, I knew it was going to be controversial. Udi and I were bike riding and we were talking about it. And, you know, I, I said, you know, as much as we complained about it, I would still be there today if we could be there. And Udi was like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were like on mile 25 and we're getting dog tired. And I'm like, and then you brought that up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I'd do it like right now. I would ride there and spend the whole day there right now if I could. So sad. Yeah. So sad. What is so sad? Because I don't think that. Oh, you do think that. I don't. Not right now. You will soon. <sighs> if Marcy said, Jess, you're going to go with me tomorrow, you'd go. With her, yeah. Okay. okay. But, like, I have no desire. It's so sad. It breaks my heart. Yeah. What about these Funko Pops? <laughs> I can get those on eBay. <clears throat> okay. Oh, stop. No, you can get them on Amazon. Stop. I don't know if Amazon. They do. Okay. They do. Okay. Get them on Amazon, guys. So again, yeah. uh, I don't know what the next episode is going to be about. It'll be a surprise, I guess, for all of us. For all of us, but it'll be good and it'll be engaging. So uh, wherever you guys are, oh, Jess, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram is Storybook Jess, and then Facebook is Jessica Farfan, and then my. Face, or I'm sorry, and then our Facebook page is Leaving Today Podcast. Two words, Leaving Today Podcast. Okay. For shizzle. And Udi, for more witty banter. Uh, you can find me on my socials, which are Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, all H-A-X-G-O-A-L-I-E, Hacks Goal. You can find me on my other show, Batter Bad, and that has all the same things, Team Batter Bad on the socials, and then Facebook page is Bad or Bad, and then BatterBad.com. Awesome. Uh, you can find me uh, or you can email me at info at leaventodaypodcast.com or on Instagram at leaventodaypodcast or edge of mark. It's one word. Um, and that is it for me. Uh, let's see. Drive safe. You guys are listening to this show while you're commuting. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will see you. And thank, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And oh, go to go to tpublic.com. Go to Leaving Today Podcast or Leaving Today. Find a shirt. Order yourself something for the holidays. Go to ExpeditionRoasters.com and enter your code LTP20 for 20% off your very first order. Um, we will have Eric on the show again. Yep. Uh, we're talking about his his uh, stuff, and he, of course, has been on the show before. We're going to have him back on. Yep. Love it. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in the parks. Bye. See you. Hello, hello, and hello. <laughs> Welcome to the... Lee. What's going on here?
having a face off. Yes, we're, we're, well, I can't we're, take this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but anyways, for dinner, do you want to stop at the grocery store and pick up like a lasagna? Bueller? I'm still hungry. Any, anybody need a Bueller? What's in the fridge? Lasagna. Do you lasagna. need a no mark? You're good. I'm good. Your daddy hates me. Put your phone away from your stuff. Oh, yeah. Don't, I have no makeup on, so let's... Uh, and neither do I. That's oh, okay. Oh, man. Mark, you're I, supposed to wear makeup. I know. Okay. All right. Punch it. <laughs> I like cake. I like cake. <laughs> For everybody. Um, okay. For everybody. Ooh, ice cream sounds good right now. Ice cream cake. Doesn't it? No. No? no. Really? No. I like cake. For the three of us. I know. Jessica Aurora... Farfan. No. What are you doing? Definitely not. <laughs> I've got tacos waiting for me. Oh, man. Where's my invite? <laughs> Too bad you guys aren't sticking around for tacos like this. I'm so freaking ready. Let's Sorry. get going because okay. I got tacos waiting for me. Oh, I'm okay. going. I'm com- am I coming over or no? No. Right. Temptation is great, though. Temptation is great. I'm still hungry. I have a full rack of ribs in the fridge. I'm ready. I got lasagna in the fridge. In the fridge? Yeah, yep. I haven't made it yet. It's oh, okay. you have to cook it? I have to cook it. That takes like four hours. So I look at it, and it's a decent-sized steak. 16 cents. Nope. Let me see it. Nope. Let me see it. You know, if I take it off, it locks and no one can touch it. That's fine. I'm not gonna, you don't have to take it off. Oh my god! But you yeah. make me hot, and I don't know why. Why do you? Okay. Because you are a sarcastic. God, my yeah, it's too short to me. It's too short. Short. It's too short. Okay, we're back to the news. Oh yeah. Okay, hold on. I gotta drink more. Okay. Drink your. What are you looking at? Don't you even you keep your hands off my Reese's. You know how much he likes me. Not very much. Not anyway, much okay. This is mine. <laughs> Not very much. I said not as much as this one. Oh, okay, 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 good. I'll show you my monkeys. Your what? My monkeys. But then when you pet her, she bites you. Oh, well, that I have no control over. Why you gotta ruin everything? Wow, these are smaller than I thought. That's what she said? No bed sheets. Why are you yelling at me? Because I like yelling at you. Get over it. I was just asking. I can't ask questions now? No. Oh, well, I'm gonna. Okay. For, uh... Don't say anything right now. You need to get LTP approval before you leave. Okay. I don't know the dates yet. All right. So. If Udi and I say no, well, if I say yes and Udi says no, that means you can't go. Mm-hmm. Well, Udi will always say no. I will. It was no. Actually, I'm not an a-hole like that. But, you know. While they work on technical issues, I'm going to sit here and uh, drink. Hit it and quit it. Bam! Oh, what? My mouth hurts. And every time I... Look at it, it makes me cry a little bit on the inside. <laughs> it really does. No, I will give you one. You have to give me two. Nope. One from the back. Drink your alcohol that's way too strong. Way too strong. <laughs> kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> oh my goodness. Boy, was my face 